Hi, hello. It's another episode of Passive Pixels, a media catch-up podcast. It is me. Dorian is over there. He doesn't need to say hello. You just have to assume that he's there, and then eventually he will appear. Screw the intro, because let's wrap this up as quickly as we can. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to the table of contents. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. I didn't even play it this week. I just wanted to announce that I dropped it. That might be literally the only drop that I say for Ghostwire. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Rayman Origins. Infamous One. The Third Birthday. Not Another Teen Movie. Life of Brian, Resident Evil 4, The Amazing Spider-Man Game, Back in 1995, Entwined, Doctor Strange 2, Sly Cooper 1, Infamous 2, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Better Call Saul Season 6. Dorian, hi, hi, your list. Hi, hello. Uh, I also forgot about Better Call Saul, but that's on my list too, so we'll just talk about that together. Damn anyway, it. I put it on here because uh, I thought you were going to bring it up, but no. okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it this time, so yeah. Anyways, uh, beyond that, we've got AI the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. This is the worst. Uphead, The Delicious Last Course. This is the best. Ozark, Love, Death, and Robots, Leaving Las Vegas, Con Air, True Romance, Notorious, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Midnight Special, Cinema Paradiso, The Piano Teacher, Shoplifters, Source Code, and The Father. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I guess I'll just bring it up again. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, I started thinking about it the last time I was playing this game. I didn't play it this two weeks. This is literally just me announcing that I'm not coming back to it. Um, I started thinking. I was like, well, Ghostwire, I've lost my patience with you, but I'll probably go back at some point. And then it, the realization hit me. I'm three chapters in, and this game is six chapters. And if I'm struggling through already just the first half of the game, no chance I want to go back. I'm fine. Ghostwire, I'm sorry. I tried to bet hard on you. Um, Tango Gameworks, uh, make another Evil Within. I'll come back. I don't know. You going to make another game that isn't another Ghostwire. I'll be back. So, yeah. Um, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Phil, you ruined another game for me. Thanks. Uh, Dorian, do you have any odd things about Ghostwire? Are you excited to take my copy? Uh, Kevin waving leftovers.jpg. Um, no, I, I, I have a feeling I'm not going to like this game either. It just nothing, it it hasn't really appealed to me, but the the steelbook was sexy and cheap. So I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and hopefully I like it more than you because I have, I I have more of a tolerance for games. I think than you do when it comes to shitty games or just games that you don't love. Let's put it that way. So Mm. I'll give it a shot and uh, we'll see, but yeah. yeah. You're okay with games that are fine. They're good. Like it's yeah, yeah why not. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that's it. Um, I guess fuck it. That was really quick. So I'll just bundle another thing here. Uh, Rayman Origins. Um, I think that we should actually. Ins- oh wait, I didn't even say uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh, my score is <laughs> yeah, no, out of ten. Uh, my score is uh, I will play it when Edwin sends it to me out of time. All right. So the, immediately after you finish your first playthrough of The Last of Us Part 1. <laughs> Let's um, not talk about that. Okay. You were sucked. No. <laughs> Rayman Origins. Um, I would like it if we enacted a law that Ubisoft is no longer allowed to make uh, good games. Uh, it's one of those things that like it's it's like a soft power. Like in in U.S. law, there's a thing called soft powers. And it's like 
well, it's implied in the law that that's something you can do. Right now, uh, Ubisoft making bad games only is an implied power where it's like Ubisoft is like continuously making bad games. But, you know, we should probably make it a law that they continue to make bad games because it'll make me feel better in saying that no good game has come out from Ubisoft probably since Rayman Origins. Um Rayman Origins is delightful. This little this little thing. I don't even know what this is. It's supposed to be like a, a floating pieces of a chicken. I, I don't know what Rayman is supposed to be. All I know is that this man is just floating around. He's smashing these things. They have these little pink balls that he saves that whenever they cheer for you, it's very fun. Uh, he does a little dance when he saves them. The platforming is very fun. It's very good on Vita. Um... I forgot when Ubisoft used to take consideration to the platform that they're releasing because, you know, they fucking released on everything. So like, oh, I bought this game on Wii U. Oh, wow. An Ubisoft game is making use of the Wii U gamepad. What? I'm playing this on Vita. It uses the touchscreen. What is going on here? I can. It's one of those things that's like, oh, yeah, there are things to this handheld that are more than just the buttons. Like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Rayman Origins. It's a delightful game. I'm enjoying this, but I think something is broken in me where maybe a light has burnt out where I don't feel like I can play platformers for as long as as long as I really can anymore. I just will jump in for a couple of levels, enjoy myself and then dip out. I the Vita that is playing this because now I'm rotating all three of my Vitas at the same time. So uh the, Rayman Origins on that Vita, it just floats around the house. Sometimes it's in the kitchen, sometimes it's in the living room, sometimes it's in the bedroom, sometimes it's in the theater room. I don't know, man. This thing just goes wherever it wants, and it's perfect for literally pick up and play. It's actually literally the phrase. I'm just in a room, I see my Vita, yeah, I can go for a couple of levels, and then put it back down. So, Dorian, do you know what the hell a Rayman is? Is Is that a noun, or is that his name, or what's going on here? What? Oh God, my throat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hot. I know, right? <laughs> I think we talked about it a little bit last week. So I actually, I have the physical copy of this on Vita. It's one of my only two uh, physical copies I own. I've never played it. So I want to Still, at some point. That game, I won't though, play, or is it just I won't play it on any Vita, of them? Though. Oh, oh, on anyone. No, I played, I've definitely played some of the original ones on PlayStation. Like I think the first one, maybe the first, even the first couple. Mm-hmm. Um, on the original PlayStation, so I played those for sure, and then I played the spinoff series, the fucking stupid rabbit ones on the, oh, the no. Wii. I remember I played a couple of those, but yeah. Uh, okay, so do they in any part of the lore explain what a Rayman is supposed to be? No, as far as, <laughs> as far as I know or remember. I would like to assume that it is one Rayman that's been reincarnated over and over and over again because I need something ridiculous to hold on to. So Rayman Origins, good. I will continue to play this out of 10. Uh, I will probably play this one day, but not on my Vita out of 10. Okay, uh, your turn. Here you are. All right, let's get this out of the way first. So we're going to we're gonna implement the weeb trial here. Cool. Um, All and, right. And we're going to ta- <laughs> talk right. about AI, the Somnium Files, the Nirvana Initiative. So I need to talk about this game a little bit. You know and, I usually zone out like halfway through the episode, and you're making me zone out when I'm the most on. Well, okay, and here's the thing. I don't ex- – okay, okay. First of all, I want you to look <laughs> at my did, – did, did, you, did you see my name in the chat right now? All right, let me – the Matrix part – no, no, no. Okay, now no, – I don't know. No, no. Look, 
luck. <laughs> okay, by the way, just, the name is The Matrix Part 5. I don't know what it is. All I know is that I already know I don't want to hear it, but here I will be hearing it. <laughs> all right. Now, look, first of all, you, I'm not trying to convince you of liking this game. I'm not trying to convince you this is not weeb shit. I'm not trying to convince that anything. I just want to present an argument on why I like it so much, and I hope by the end of this you'll understand a little bit more. I, I oh. That's the thing. I don't think that weebs are... Uh, you know, I do not want to afford them the ability of understanding. <laughs> Fair All enough. I but want me... is to be able to see their shadows and nothing else. Fair enough. But let me make an attempt anyways, because here's the great <laughs> thing. I can, I, I can go full into spoilers in a minute here because you don't give a shit. So we're perfect there. Correct. All right. So. Um, first of all, out of the way, surface thoughts. I think this game is absolutely incredible. Um, not only is this the best game I've played this year, which to be fair, I haven't played a lot. This is the best new release I have personally played since Persona 5 Royale. I think that (laughs) there is something very, very special and unique about this game. And it's something that really caught me off guard and I love. So I'm going to like surface level that um, and everything else. Hold on. My throat is really killing me. One sec. Hot. Oh, we love it when a man hurts his throat. (laughs) Um. I need to, yeah, I need to go into it. So anyways, absolutely phenomenal. Yes, game. I know. That's I why you hurt your throat. Yeah, I can't recommend this enough. Uh, it's it, This is the sequel to the original AI Somnium Files, which just is a huge step up from, in my opinion. It's from uh, Kotaro uh, Uchosuki and uh, Akira Okada. They did the uh, Zero Escape series, Nonary Games, 999, and those games. Uh, they're responsible for this series as well. So I've heard of those games, same people. Anyways, really love it. I'm going to go into spoilers now because I need to explain why I like this game so much. Okay? So here we go. Okay. Uh, three, two, one. Okay, let's break down. Let, let's break the walls down here a little bit. So why I like this game so much. So this game is so fucking heavily influenced by the Matrix. And I find that cool because I've always loved the concept of the Matrix and that whole idea. So basically throughout the game, you've got two cults that are kind of competing with each other and then you're investigating them. On the one call, basically, they believe that we're all inside a simulation. Nothing is real right now, and we need to wake up. Like, we need to get the fuck up. We need to figure out what's going on, why this is all happening. And that's what this cult believes in. On the other hand, you've got another cult battling with them, basically saying, no, hold on a second. You're right. This is all simulation. Nothing is real, but we want to stay inside this world. Like, we can do whatever we want in this world. We're gods here. There's a reason we're here. We can fucking genetically mutate people. We can do cool shit like that. So let's stay inside this world. So we've got these two cults fighting each other. First of all, I love cult shit, so I think that's fascinating. There's a lot of really just creepy imagery in this and a lot of just really creepy moments that I loved and appreciated and think that's really cool. So really early on in the game, you're talking with the cult leader. Her name is, I think it's like Tokiko or something like that. I don't fucking remember. Anyways, you're talking, you're talking with her and she basically states, hey, I, are you a frayer? Now at this point, no idea what a fucking Freyer is. And this is really early on in the game, by the way. No idea what a fucking Freyer is. So you could say yes or no. Doesn't really matter. After you answer that question, she's going to explain to you what a Freyer is. And if you say yes, she basically asks you for a code. And obviously, you don't have that code. You know what the fuck that code is, so you don't know. And then you won't get it right, and then she'll explain what a Freyer is. But what a Freyer is, basically, is somebody who lives outside the simulation and who's basically fucking around with all of them, who knows what's going to happen and what's going on. And they're, they've already basically been enlightened, and they know the truth. 
that's what a frayer is. So obviously, not a frayer. You go through the rest of the game. You, you you solve all the puzzles. These people are all crazy. There's a lot of like weird shit happening in the game. They give you explanations for everything. Nothing's crazy like that. No cult shit. End of story. All basically happy ending. Well, not totally happy ending. Like a lot of people die along the way. It's really sad. Yeah, there's deaths and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that, so that all that shit happens. Okay, so you get to the very, very end of the game, though. And if you're smart enough to remember this, because, again, this happens really early on, they give you the the code, the null code that they ask for. So you're like, oh, that's the fucking code that they asked for at the beginning of the game. Cool. So if you remember, you go very all the way back to the beginning of the game. So you go through your chapter select and do that. You select, yes, I am a frayer. And then you enter in this code. And this is where the game's just bumped up for me because I fucking love shit like this. The, basically, the game starts to break down. Everything starts to glitch. Everything starts to get fucky. It's like those creepy, like, copy pastas. You know, remember, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, those yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of thing. Like, everything. Curse Majora's Mask. Yeah, exactly. Like, everything's just fucking up. Faces are getting distorted. People are, like, disappearing. Like, your character just starts speaking gibberish and, like, random Japanese. Like, it's actually really fucking creepy, in my opinion. And, like, everything starts going fucking nuts. Basically, whole screen goes black, comes back again, and she's, like, just laying on the table, basically dead at this point now, but still having a conversation with you. And basically is like, you, you can start asking her questions. So you start like asking her all these questions, but she's not answering. It's just like complete silence, complete silence, complete silence. And then finally, after you ask enough questions, she's just like, well, yeah, obviously you're a frayer. How would you know that number? Otherwise, like, you know, the truth, you know, everything now. And then like, it's cool. Like you basically have to follow her and to follow her. You're literally breaking the geometry of the level. Like you're just literally walking through walls and shit and chasing empty blackness to find her. So this is just all shit. That's right up my alley. I found this shit so creepy. And then you get to her and basically she's like, yo, she's like, okay, you found me. And here's the thing, right? Like you basically, now that you know the truth, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either go back and nothing will have happened. Like everything will be stay on the path. It was supposed to, everything will be good and everything is going to be totally good in terms of that. Or what you can do. Sorry, one sec. Uh, or what you can do, you can do that. Or you can basically make the decision to remember what you've Remember what you see, remember, remember what you, what I've told you today, you're going to have all the knowledge of what actually happens. And then you're going to be able to solve this case. No problem with no fatalities, but you're going to be living in a fake world at that point. Cause you're going to know everything at that point, but you can use it to help yourself. So you have this choice at the very end of the game. And so it's really fucking cool. And then if you choose yes, obviously then, okay. So you gain all that knowledge and you literally prevent everything bad that basically happens in the game and it's like the super fairy tale happy ending and everything like that but then you get this kind of creepy moment at the very end where it's like he's just standing there with a couple of the other characters like yeah something doesn't feel right like this is not right something's off and the game basically just ends at that point um i don't know i just find shit like that so incredibly fucking cool and i love when games fuck around and use the medium like that and kind of break the fourth wall a little bit and not only that, plus once you do that, you go into your um, items, like your your dossery, basically. You can scroll through all your documents and stuff like that you saw. And they actually, there's a letter from basically the, the game developers themselves explaining like with the simulation you're in and some other things that were kind of like gaps in the, in the story from like the last couple of games. And it basically just says stay tuned. So really cool shit. 
Uh, I fucking love that kind of stuff, and it just totally bumped the game up for me. You see, all of that sounds cool, but then when I remember that Japan is in the picture, it's like, okay, how are you guys going to fuck this up? And they definitely do. Don't get me wrong about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, there's um, one part. There's, there's, like, like, I mean, man, like, look, there's a secretary of giant fucking tits, and you basically get a bad ending because you keep ogling her tits. And so you become obsessed with them and you end up moving away together, like in some like island and like you, do, you just like become obsessed with their tits and like you can't fucking solve cases anymore. So it's very Japan stuff. I will never deny that. <laughs> it's still very much a Japanese game, but there's but. something about it that's so cool. Like the, when you actually dive into the story and there's another part, which I didn't even mention, but. You're basically going back and f- you're basically going on these weird timelines and nothing makes sense throughout the entire game. And then you find out near the end that like th- they actually show you like they bring up the timeline that you've been going through in the game. Like there's like a little map you go through and like select that way. They actually show you that you've been going around the timeline the wrong way and they kind of crisscross it and they start showing you the actual way you've been going and how everything slots in. I don't know. It's very Nolan like in terms of the way they're fucking around with time and shit like that. <laughs> and it just made me like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Uh, I, look, on one of the switches, the one that's never going to see the Internet again, I have the 999 games and just hearing this is like, man. Should I should I even give this thing a try? Like, do I even really want to do this? No, no. <laughs> you see, the problem is, is that you know, occasionally I like running into rakes. So, um... yeah. I think Look, I here, here, here's the thing: nine nine. So I've never played nine 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 either, but this was so fucking good. Um, I'm, I'm. When I get my Steam Deck, that is the next game I'm playing on. It is nine nine nine, like one hundred percent for sure. Because I really want to uh, dive into that because I've heard amazing things about that series. So that is where I am going next. But some of this stuff, like I, I remember, I remember even how you specifically, there was a puzzle in, fuck, what game was it? Dishonored, I think. Were you, were you like, was that it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dishonored, where I had a riddle that I could have solved right then and there. Yes. So I walked out to go solve it myself, come back and realize, well, it worked. Yeah, cool. Okay. So th- this game reminds me, like, it's not the same thing, but it's really cool because I literally had pen and paper out myself during this game trying to figure shit out. And you could do the same thing. If you didn't want to do it, you could just be like, okay, give me the answer. And there's a time penalty and they'll fucking give you the answer and you can skip through it that way. Now, there's still a time penalty. So that does hurt you in the long run because you're, you're basically in these dreams and you have to get out without, a, get out without, a, yeah, get out within a certain amount of time. If you don't, then you lose or game over. Uh, so there's a time penalty if you do that, but you can just do that. Or you can be like, okay, let's figure this out. And like you bust up the pen and paper and actually start writing stuff out. It's, it's simple equations and stuff like that. It's something super complicated, but it's cool. I appreciated that the game actually made you do that. Uh, I would like to mention that with Dishonored, it was either play the level or solve the riddle. So, you know, I'm pretty sure there are people like, why would I want to solve the riddle? That's just that's just skipping a whole bunch of the level design. And, you know, me on the other hand was like, man, I'm kind of tired of this game. Can we wrap this up? Oh, sweet. A riddle. This is fun. Yeah, that worked out pretty good for you. <laughs> it seems like the <laughs> perfect scenario. All right. Uh, 
AI the Somnian Files is, I hope I never have to hear this name again out of 10. <laughs> That's totally fair. Uh, it's a 9 out of 10 for me, and uh, yeah, one of the finest experiences I've had in a long time. All right, um, would you like to go again, or am I going next? Uh, how many do you have left? I should, let's let's count this out here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and then of course we share Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah, I've got 14 left too, so. Okay, I guess we're just gonna, oh my god, it's been a while since we had a back and forth this early on. Yeah. Um, okay, Infamous. Bad game. Um, this is actually, <laughs> yes. this is actually really annoying, because like, ah. it op- it started up very like oh okay all right um it's got a comic book feel uh the 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 frame rate is uh it's a little unsteady but you know i'll figure it out it's probably because it's a big action opening that's a little iffy okay it's a third person shooter this is exciting i haven't played a third person shooter in a while and then it just gets to the end you just keep playing this game and it ends up being the same thing over and over and over again. It just ends up being, hey, come here. This location doesn't have energy, so go into the same dark corridor underground and you're going to power this station and you're going to do a couple of missions. And the missions will probably be just killing people to power this thing up. Uh you stay on this electrified panel because our design wanted you to have way more power than you would, but since we limited you, we just have to cheat ourselves with this. Uh, and then you just get to the end of the game. Like, that's the thing. It is good, then you realize it is repetitive, and then it just gets annoying. You get to the end, and oh my fucking god, this level design just starts collapsing in on itself. There are climbing sections where I'm thinking this came out two years after Uncharted 1. And I don't think Uncharted 1 is good. I think it's fine. Like, okay, understandable. This is a good template. It's like this game came out two years at. Hold on. I want to be sure. Was Infamous 2009 or 2008? I'm pretty sure. I think it was 2008. Uh, Let me double check. Infamous 2009. No, you're right. 2009. Okay, cool. I was about to say, because if it's 2008, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I can forgive it. No, no, if we count, like, two years of design time for around that time period, then they've seen Uncharted. Uncharted 1 is at least the only game where climbing matters, where it's like, oh, I jumped somewhere, and if I don't jump quick enough, this pillar will actually fall and take me down with it and kill me. Infamous, oh my, dude, okay, so you you played Ghost of Tsushima, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the magnet, you know, when Ghost of Tsushima, you have that little magnetism where you walk on something and then like Jin kind of just automatically moves and starts walking on like yeah. a very thin. Yeah. So Infamous yeah. has that too, but it is so fucking broken. It yeah, is so. Oh my fucking god, why don't... What everyone thinks about the Assassin's Creed games uh, back in the Ezio trilogy where they're like, oh man, I'm I'm holding R1, but then I hit X and he jumps off the, build, the building. Like, that is this. This, this is this, but worse. And also, just, it annoys... Okay, I might have to bundle Infamous 2 with this because like, I'm going to talk about something specifically. There is a train uh, track that is all around the building. I'm sorry, all around the city. And the train tracks are fucking awesome because you just land on there and it zooms you across and you're moving really fast. Um, fucking hilarious that the frame rate tanks whenever you do it because you're like, you're moving too fast. Oh my fucking God, we're trying to keep up. Um, 
also shout out to the fact that the magnetism fucking sucks so you'll try to jump and then the game goes oh you were trying to jump um well you should have momentum that would send you flying in the direction you want to go but instead we're just going to kill all your momentum and we'll just put you slightly off the track and you'll land on the ground instead of the power line you're aiming towards like oh cool thanks game um you get to the end, it's just so fucking annoying. It is so many enemies, and all the climbing sections are just... They're not properly telegraphed. They're really not. There are some parts where I'm like, yeah, I should be able to get there, and the game's like, no, no, that's actually not climbable. You need to go over there. Uncharted 1 at least had the right idea of framing the camera so you kind of understood where it was going. The game is just... This This game is not good. It... It is a very good template to build off of. That is the best thing I can say about it because, God, this game was really starting to piss me off right around the end. I got through it. <sighs> the the, the cutscenes are nice. That's about it. I don't remember a single audio thing in this in this game except the vroom, vroom, like the, just lightning sounds. That's it. I'm pretty sure there was music playing. I wouldn't know. Uh, Cole, Cole has a voice that sounds like he was smoking 14 cigarettes a day before he, <laughs> he got energy. Like I, oh, Zeke is an asshole. I mean, I don't like uh, Zeke. I said that last week. I know, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't even make sense that he's an asshole though. That's the problem. Cause like you're playing this game is like, oh, he's just the goofy best friend. And then the game's like. Yeah, we're just going to make him do the stupidest fucking thing he could at this moment. And you're like, oh, game, why would you do that? And the game's like, well, I don't know. We we just needed to force the story for it's like, oh, great idea, I guess. Uh, yeah, this game, this game sucks. So uh, ha have at it. You've jo I've joined you in this Legion, so say what you will. No, I, you know, I, I think... Um... I think I've said it a lot already. I, I I I don't know if it's a bad game. I don't hate it. Um, it's just it, it's it's really overhyped by people. I don't understand why people have. I think it's a lot of it's just rose color, uh, tinted glasses, man. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of this game that just doesn't hold up now. And even at the time, I remember thinking, you know, that's okay, this is fun. But like compared to like like Uncharted and stuff like that, there was just a huge disconnect for me in terms of other PlayStation games at the time. Um, and I remember I was really excited for this game. I got it early and somebody broke streak date for me and they sold it to me early. And I was like super excited. It's like, yeah, I get to play this game early, but it was just never a massive hit for me. I have a lot of the same issues with you do. It's just really repetitive. Don't really care about the characters, especially Zeke. I think he's an asshole. Um, and it's just, to me, it just never felt like uh, a fully realized game. And the, um, the good, bad mechanic is just garbage in this game, I think, too. I, um, it's just Here's the thing, I, though. It gives you two games. It gives you two games. You go play it good, does. then you play evil. No, like, it does. It's it dumb, does. but like, it's understandable. Like That was the time period. Like, it does, let's, look but, at, but, but, let's look at Bioshock. Have you uh, have you played Second Son? No. Okay, then I, I can't spoil something. But I, no, no, I know also, the spoiler there. Okay. Like, it's just, I know I the hate, ridiculous ending. You, Infamous has always been like that in a way, and they're not as bad as that, but it's like, hey, I can either I can either go help these people and, you know, try to give them a few bucks, or I can murder them all and rape Dude, their fucking It's place. the 
funniest shit. Oh my god, dude, it's so funny. Cause like, like even in Infamous Two, Infamous Two, I imported my save from Infamous One, so he already is a hero, right? Yeah. And like early on in the game, Cole's looking at this entire village of families, and it's like, <laughs> I can power up this this generator, and it'll bring down a bridge, but it'll be a little harder that I have to fight these enemies. Or I can overload it, murder a women, murder the children, have the men resent me. They'll rise up against me, and I will take them. It's, it's so great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I guess in a bad way, it's kind of funny, but it's like, oh my god. Which, by the way, I should mention, I was gonna say Mass Effect like fucking does this perfectly, but it actually fucks that up in the third game too, which it yeah. destroys that idea. Uh, but in the first two games, they do it really well. So it it can be done well, but it's just yeah. In this game, it's just parody, and it gets really bad at infamous second son, like really bad. Um, I love just thinking that the character is a schizophrenic, and you just like have to constantly keep them in check. Like they have like such an evil ego that's in them, and it's like, do I want to let this out? Mm, probably not, because it's gonna mess up my ending. So no, I'm just gonna be a goody two shoes the entire time. But like that's. Uh, understanding and walking in knowing that it is just two different pathways and you should just ignore the other one automatically. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. As long as I know that if anyone is jumping back and forth between good and bad, Oh, you're not. Why are you? You're playing this game wrong. There's an actual way to play this game wrong, and it's jumping back and forth between good and bad. That's fair. I was always the type of person that like I had to go one way or the other. Like I hated doing like fucking middle grounds, but that does sound like a funner way to play it for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Just imagine, like, you're doing one mission, and it's like, I just saved an orphanage. Now I feel like a good person. The next one's like, set it on fire, and you're like, okay. Oh, God. Infamous one. Bad game. That's the thing. It's I'm okay with calling it a bad game because... It has good bones in it, but overall, it never coalesces into something that is worthwhile. So, yeah. You know what? Bad game. Um... What am I going to give this as a score? Um, Infamous is going to be... um, It was the early PS3 days, so it's overrated only in in hindsight. Out of 10. Yeah, that's actually a good score. Uh, It's like a 5.5 or a 6 out of 10 for me. Mm. Okay, now, because I need to bring this up. Infamous 2 is... You know how you're talking about how... Oh, well, people have rose-tinted glasses with Infamous. I'm starting to think that people are talking about Infamous 2. Because, like... Fuck, this is already, like, oh my god, they've already fixed so many of my issues. Um, for one, there's a stable frame rate? Um, who, who let Sucker Punch do that? Um, Mark Cerny, are you there in the back play? Is that you? Did you help them out? Good job! Um... Uh, there was a big explosion and a whole bunch of effects in the opening of the game. Uh, Cole didn't sound like he hated everything that was around him. He actually seemed like a hero. Um, this game actually doesn't look like Vaseline smeared ass. What is going on here, Sucker Punch? Are you are you turning a corner? And then you get. Oh, by the way, the best thing is, is that they destroy the city from Infamous 1 almost immediately. Good. I fucking hated that city. The city fucking sucked. I, th- you remember how I was talking about level design? Even the open world design sucks because the main way that you want to get through this game is by zipping on shit as quickly as you can. And that 
entire just open world map was not conducive to that it was literally just be on the train tracks and then at some point hope for the best that there's enough power lines that you can jump from building the building and i kept thinking this is so fucking stupid just get oh no not only is that stupid there would be literal missions where it's like get from point a to point b and it's like cool can i zip line there and the game just goes no, we didn't put zip lines on the points from A to B. And it's like you put a fucking mission into the game and you can't just let me zip there very fast. What is wrong with you? The reason I bring this up is that Infamous 2 and Numeray, there are so many fucking power lines that I am fucking zooming all across this city. I look like a crackhead here and I love it. It's fucking fun um they redid the uh electric power like the main electric power and it's something that i thought in like in the original infamous i was like okay yeah you know what yeah this is fine it's a third person shooter and then they actually changed the sound design and the feedback when it hits characters for it to feel like there's a punch it's like oh my god i didn't realize that was a problem thank you for fixing that so so far infamous 2 even the plot i'm like oh this is kind of cool. Um, the whole thing is that the first game, that entire city got destroyed by something called the Beast. Um, you have to leave uh, what I assume is Pittsburgh to go to uh, New Orleans, because that's what it is. Numeray is just New Orleans. You go down there, which, by the way, it being in New Orleans is like, oh, I never get to see this. This is actually pretty fucking cool to be able to play in a, in a place like this. And the last time that I remember playing something like this was Red Dead 2. So I'm like, oh, man, you know what? This is getting the right vibe. I'm in here, and the cool thing is, is that the game kind of progresses the story. Like, you'll go a couple of missions, and then the game will hit you. Oh, sorry. Whenever you get to Numeray, the game is like, the beast is 1,500 miles away. And it's like, oh, that's actually pretty fucking cool. It, it doesn't mean anything, because it's not like, you know, there's an actual time system in the game where it's like, well, you spent too long doing this, and the beast is slowly coming. It's just really cool to have, like, a good plot reminder over your head as you're doing all this. Like, I did a couple of missions. Okay. And then it's, like, 1342 miles until the beast arrives. I'm like, fuck, that's just cool. That's just cool. You have this looming presence that's over you entirely, so you never forget what the villain is and the drive is in this game. This is fucking awesome. But the funny thing is, is that the font that they use for uh, declaring the beast is coming is really cool. And it's like, oh, that's imposing. That's threatening. They use the same font for like two hours later, three hours later. So it ends up looking really funny because like I'll be calling the missions like, yeah, I need to stake this out for until uh, tonight till I run into this person. And then it just cuts the black and then it says two hours later. And it's like, dude, did Cole have like a really bad time waiting during those two hours? Like you could have probably changed the font. You didn't need to use the same thing. So that's a minor complaint. I just thought it was funny regardless. But yeah, um, if it is too um if i wasn't transferring data from one ps3 to another and my ps3 were freed up i would be playing a lot more of infamous 2 i actually am excited to keep playing it is a stable frame rate it is actually fun and engaging to play the climbing feels better being able to zip, zip, zip just everywhere is so much more fun i feel actually 
driven to explore and find things in this game there are side quests that i'm like this really doesn't matter but it lets me explore the environment so yes please so yeah i think that whenever people talk about infamous and they're like oh man i have a fondness for infamous either they play the infamous one contemporary and they're like yeah come on i need to justify my 500 dollars somehow or they played Infamous 2 and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a good game. So, yeah, Infamous 2. Um, please don't leave it stranded on the PS3 out of 10. So, Dorian, did, did Infamous 1 leave such a bad taste in your mouth that you didn't even try to? Or No, I did play 2. Um, oh. Beat him. Um, honestly, I'm not. Like, it's better than 1. Uh, for sure. Like, it, I, I remember that. Like, it played a little bit smoother. Definitely had a better frame rate. Uh, I just still had a lot of the same issues that I had with the first game. Personally, the story, like I said, the characters, I just, I, I just can't get behind any of those characters. Um, and it, like I said, it plays better, but obviously being a story slash gameplay yeah. chat, um, I can't, uh, it's just not there for me, man. I just, it just doesn't do it for me. So while it's definitely an improvement over the first one, I just, it, it just, for me, infamous is just one of those series that I always just felt was incredibly overrated. Um, and, uh, you know, probably one of the reasons why I can't have my full Sony pony card. All right. I will say that um, Cole no longer sounds like I actually like him because he seems like someone people would actually deal with in the first game. Anytime he talks, it's like, why do people care about this guy? He sucks. That's fair. I, maybe I could just relate to him more because I suck too as a person. So, <laughs> I mean, are you also packing down just 14 cigarettes a day or? Oh yeah. Every day. <laughs> uh, infamous two second score excited to get back to it out of 10. I'm going to give it a, uh, we'll give it a, you know, six out of 10, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. I hate you for that infamous two one already <laughs> just from this. I'm like, fuck, this is great, man. I, I, that's a good one. I'm kind of hoping right. that this one isn't good enough for me to want a copy though. Like that's that's my that's my criteria. It's like this is really good. I hope I'm just happy with this, and then I don't need a copy. I don't think it's super expensive. I think it'd be fine. No, no I know. It's just that I don't want to go through the process of looking yeah, for another copy. I've been shopping that's... for so many PS3 games, and it's annoying because like shopping now, it's like, okay, is the case good? Okay, am I gonna need a replacement case? Okay, is the box art good? Oh, the box art has little like how the fuck do you even tear the edges of this? Okay, the disc who cares about the disc? The disc is gonna be fine. Oh great, it's a greatest hits label. Ah <laughs> Yeah, good luck with that. All right. You, you, you uh, can tell I bought a lot of PS3 games recently. <laughs> yeah, no shit. All right. Uh, let me do two now too. Um we'll start with Cuphead, the delicious yes. last horse. Which also, by the way, sounds stands for DLC. I didn't even realize that until recently. Good on you. Oh Studio shit, you're HD. right. Yeah, I see what you I see what you're doing there, smart boys. Um, so yeah, this is the long-awaited DLC for Cuphead. Uh, as you might know from my uh, God, I don't remember any of these episodes, but definitely earlier this year, I, I finally went back. To, Time makes no sense. Yeah, I finally went back to Cuphead and uh, conquered Cuphead. So to speak, and I really loved it. Great game. So this DLC was ten bucks. Like it's cheap for fucking ten bucks Canadian. That's like fucking cheap as shit for DLC. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll chip in 10 bucks and play a little bit more Cuphead because God knows when we'll get anything else from these guys. These guys are fucking slow. They make great shit, but they are slow. 
So uh, no regrets. You get basically you get an extra five bosses. There's some gauntlet challenges, which I still haven't done yet. I'm going to go back and I think play those eventually. There's a hidden boss too, which I didn't know about, and I'll have to go back to him eventually too. But I beat the five main bosses and rolled credits uh, pretty quickly, honestly. Like, I, I, you know, I don't want to pump my own abilities up, but I did it pretty quick. I was pretty happy with myself. There was one. There was a couple times where I was getting a little bit filtered, but got through it fairly quick enough and uh i mean it's just more cuphead man it's if you love the if you love the original and you love that kind of boss rush style gameplay you know there's no reason not to get this because like i said you who knows when you're gonna get more from these guys it's probably gonna be a while so take this get a little bit more enjoyment out of it and uh yeah fuck off for a while because you won't see him for again uh cuphead um i played what the first two levels on this but it was on an xbox so there was only so much that i could take um i will get back to this eventually but if i'm going to do 2d that is going to kick my ass i should probably play um hollow knight again on ps4 so i can get trophies to prove that i am actually a a, a badass gamer um and show that i have skill so who the fuck knows when I get to that out of 10. Disgusting. Uh, yes. DLC out of 10. I don't rate it. Uh, okay. So that's all I have to say about Cuphead. Uh, now for something completely different. Let's talk about Ozark. Uh, I finally right. finished uh, season four of Ozark. And that is the series finale. It is done. Over. Uh, I have to tiptoe a bit here. Because obviously you haven't seen it. And I don't <laughs> want to spoil anything for you. Um, but initial impressions. There's a really friggin' great final season. Uh, a lot of people complained about the ending. Don't un- quite understand the complaints. Uh, I, I mean, it, to some extent, I do. Again, I can't talk about it, but to some extent, I do. Uh, but I think uh, I think it's good overall. And, you know, it's not like they didn't nail it, the ending specifically. But the last season and most everything leading up to it was such good quality that I don't really care. This isn't like fucking Game of Thrones where they just completely fucking light everything on fire and maybe not care about anything that happened before, (laughs) thankfully. So I was like, yeah, this is fine. And uh, the whole uh, series is really great. I have to like I know my top five TV series off by her. I'd have to sit down, actually think out and make a top ten list. If I do and when I do, this will probably be on it. It's me in the back half, but I think it'll be in that top 10. Just sneak in there. Uh, great stuff. I love Jason Bateman. Uh, I'm just glad, you know, like, well, I'm not glad because fuck Netflix, but at least they have something that's somewhat <laughs> worthwhile on there because uh, in my opinion, this definitely is. And I think now that this is gone, they've got a huge hole. I mean, they've still got stuff that's obviously popular, like fucking Stranger Things and uh, Squid Games, but I don't give a shit about any of that. So this was like the last Netflix TV series I really gave a shit about. Uh, And it's gone now. So good. Fuck you, Netflix. (laughs) Isn't it so nice whenever you realize you can just stop caring about something? Yes, yes. I love it. It's the best feeling (laughs) in the world. (laughs) Um... God, um, I actually think that the next TV show will start is probably going to be Invincible, but I'm going to watch that as my own TV show, as in I don't need my wife walking in and then just being like, oh, I can watch this too. It's like, well, shit, that means this is going to slow down really just quickly. Um, So I'm thinking that perhaps Ozark will be the next show that I watch with my wife. So Twin Peaks, then Ozark, until maybe the next episode and I see something else shiny and I go, you know what, I think that might be the next the next show that I watch. So, um, yeah, Ozark will be, um, 
I want to see a serious Jason Bateman out of 10. Yeah, and you'll get that. He's excellent. Excellent in the series. I can't say enough good things about him. So if it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for Saul, uh, I'd be cheering for him uh, to win some Emmys because he's very good in this. Mm. All right. Um, transitioning. Better call Saul season six, baby. baby. Yeah. Let's fucking yeah, go. We, here we are. Um, do we go into spoilers mm. or we do we just say it's good and then move on? <laughs> That's the question. I, I think we should probably just say it's good and move on. And, and the reason I say that specifically is I think we should just have a big fucking spoiler blow up when we get to the end, basically. Uh, and we can have like a nice meaty discussion about that rather than just kind of chunk up each episode. But if you have things you want to say, you're welcome to. No, that's it. It's really fucking good. Why are you not watching Better Call Saul? Get back on Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul sweep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. This is you're really missing. If you're not watching this and you especially if you watch Breaking Bad, but you're literally missing out on one of the greatest television shows of all time. Uh, and I, and I mean that without any hyperbole, it's fucking incredible. It's second only to the leftovers now, and it's a must watch for basically anyone. I feel like anyone can enjoy this type of show. So get on that shit. And, uh, you don't even need to watch Breaking Bad first. In fact, I think it's better that you don't. Yeah. So have fun. All right. Um, better call song season six, get the fuck on it out of 10. And also please, uh, release a big box set of the two of them for 4k. And even if you make it like $200 or something, I will probably still jump in out of 10. Steel books. Okay. Look, look, I can't get greedy. Okay. <laughs> I'm already being greedy asking for four K's. <laughs> Yeah, the 4K, yeah, I think the Steelbook part's more likely than the 4K. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Steelbooks, they already exist. The 4K's mm. literally only on Netflix. It's like, wh- why? What, what, yeah, what do you I, mean, why only on Netflix? Yeah, for anyone at home, Google the Breaking Bad, well, for the five people listening, uh, Google the Breaking Bad, <laughs> three. Uh, st- three, sorry, the Breaking Bad Steelbooks uh, with the really horrendous looking art. Uh, I have those ones and I love them, so they're great. <laughs> It's perfect. It's fine. Well, it's perfect, perfect for the show. Yeah, they're yes. horrible looking, but it just fits the theme of the show so perfectly. So, all right. Uh, moving on. The third birthday. I finished another video game. I'm actually kind of disgusted with myself because I don't even think I'm really that much in a video game mood. I just feel like I'm in. I'm in the in between right now. So. Here we are again. The the evidence prevents otherwise, sir. No, but that's the thing. Like, when I'm in a gaming mood, I am playing way more. Like, let me see. So Rayman Origins, that's been playing just randomly. Ghostwire, that was actually me trying to sit down and pay attention. And you see what happened there. Um, Infamous, the third birthday. Infamous was in the bedroom late at night because I don't need my wife crying like, you left me again. Why do you keep going to the theater? And I'm like, okay, I'll just play Infamous here next to you and keep you up later than you should be because I will not turn down this TV. And she's like, okay, I'm going to wake up tired of the next day and not try to make a connection that the fact that you're here is the reason I'm tired. It's definitely not that. Um, Anyways, that's Infamous. The third birthday, I'm playing it on Vita and it's on one of the three Vitas. So it's like that. I don't feel like if I'm playing on Vita, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no okay that's not the statement i was gonna say i was about to say playing on vita doesn't feel like i'm playing a game um uh, it's more of like it doesn't register in my brain oh yeah i'm playing i'm playing something that is serious if i'm playing on a handheld it's like yeah i just want, i just kind of want to want to vibe out you know if i'm playing on a console it's like okay i'm here to focus like this is what i'm here for third birthday um game 
fun. Um, it, it is 2011, I think, when this game came out. Um, Nomura has gone full Nomura at this point, so his fucking stink is all over this dialogue. All of it sounds like just shitty middle school poems of a kid who is way too in love with a girl that doesn't even know he exists. Um, there's just a lot in the game story where, straight up, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. The most that I know is spoiler. That's about it. Like, I understood the spoiler. I understood that there was a thing that happens in the narrative. I'm like, okay, I don't exactly understand what the point of that twist is, but there it is. There's a twist. Uh, the, the gameplay is fun on Avita. It's a third-person shooter. I like dodging around, and I like shooting. I, I, the music was nice. Uh, I, it definitely feels like they're like, Yoko Shimomura, make some music. And she's just like, I'm kind of busy right now. And they said, no, no, it's okay. And she said, all right then. And it's like, okay, play my greatest hits. And it's like, no, 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 they're too great. Play my okay hits. And they're like, yeah, perfect, ship it. Um, third birthday. It was an enjoyable time. Don't lose your mind looking for it. If you have quick access to it, which again, it is a PSP game, and I doubt anyone would have quick access to it, it's a fun time. It's a good little third-person shooter. That's all I got. Um, still don't understand why the hell this is connected to Parasite Eve at all. That's it. That's all I got. Ugh. Third-person shooter run-up that's a PSP game on Vita out of 10. I, I don't even have a good score for this one. Uh, still shouldn't have been in the fucking Parasite universe out of 10. Fuck you. Yeah, no, that's, that's my fine. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold uh, on. I didn't even talk about my favorite thing, which is the fact that literally jumping from body to body in this game is still one of the fucking coolest things. Just it, any mechanic in a video game is like, ah, this is dope. I can just, oh, shit, there's an enemy after me. Just teleport away to another person and just keep shooting. Ah, that's fun. All That's right. all I got to continue on. Cool. Moving on then. Uh, we'll do another quick one here. Love, Death, and Robots. And really the main reason this is going to be quick is I'm not that far in. Uh, I was like, hey, let's just watch something nice and fluffy after finishing uh, Ozark just kind of to tide me over a little bit. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to see the new season of Love, Death, and Robots. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Love, Death, and Robots is basically an anthology series. Uh, different animations, different directors for everyone, different creators, everything like that. So it's, you, you, again, with all anthology series, the quality's really kind of hit and miss. Uh, actually, looking it up, I've actually only seen the first two episodes even, not even the first three. So I watched uh, the three, three robots, exit strategies, and bad traveling. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like the second one I watched is by far the highest rated episode of the season. So we'll see. Hopefully that's now. not... Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, I will say the second episode was really good, by the way, though. Fucking great stuff. That was actually one of my favorites. That was really well done. So uh, hopefully we'll find some other good stuff in there. But uh, now we'll see. Uh, good so far, though. Definitely enjoying it. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know what you're getting with it. It's just very quick. Like every episode's like five minutes all the way up. I think the longest one's like 20 minutes. So you're never going to be there for a long time, even if you don't like something, which, uh, you know, I appreciate. Um. I watched, what, maybe half of the first season. 
I just don't feel like they were hitting besides me just going, ooh, pretty animation. So I'm fine. I'm okay. Out of 10. Yeah, fair enough. I'll keep watching out of 10. Okay, what do I have next? Um, Not another teen movie. Um, I'm pretty sure I've watched this movie before. I don't know how long it's been since I've talked about it, but here I am going to talk about it again. Uh, I'm here to go to bat for not another teen movie. Uh, When it comes to parody movies, this movie just gets ignored. Not even like intentionally like, oh, no one likes that movie. Like, it's just like people hear not another teen movie and people go, what is that? Um, God bless this movie. I just love how many visual gags there are. Like the reason I bring that up is that I'm watching this movie and my wife is like laughing. Like just I'm like, oh, I know your laugh. You're laughing because you just saw something you hadn't seen. And she's like, oh my god, why is there a hot dog stand that on the sign says good for practicing oral sex? And she's like, I never saw that. And I'm like, I don't know how you missed that, but I guess maybe I'm just someone that does stuff like that. Or I'm like, I'm looking around like it's a comedy. Why not? So I just want to say shout out to the fact that there's visual gags that's hidden in there. Um, Okay, so this isn't on the list because like I don't really feel like it counts. I didn't know what to do today. So I just turned on the TV. I signed into Dish Network and AMC was playing 16 Candles. And then they immediately followed it up with uh, uh, The Breakfast Club. And just watching both of those movies, and I'm like, oh, yeah, huh. Not another teen movie parried this actually pretty perfectly. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, not another teen movie. Very good. We shouldn't ignore it. It's fun. And pretty sure it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah, the reason I was going to watch this was because I wanted to watch Wet Hot American Summer. And I was like, oh, well, Netflix made a, a sequel series. So, of course, the movie would be out there now. No, Wet Hot American Summer was not on there. So I was like, oh, well, shit. Um, so yeah, now that a teen movie probably isn't exactly a good replacement for Wet Hot American Summer, but it still made me laugh again. So, Dorian, have you ever watched another teen movie? Would you like to go to bat with it? Or do you feel like, wow, oh, my God, someone's actually talking about this movie? No, you just awakened something from my childhood. I actually don't have this logged on Letterboxd, but I've definitely seen it. I remember this movie. Yes. Um, it's it's fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Have, you, have, you, have you, ever, you ever gone back to watch it, though? No, God, no. And I don't think I ever would. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it, I mean, I remember like it's all those parody movies to me, like from that era, like scary movie. Like I think scary movies probably a little bit of cut above the rest, the, the original scary movie. But uh, the rest of them, they're all, they all just kind of blend together. I, I remember this one being fun, but I, I don't think I'd go back and either confirm or deny that. I give it a three out of five. I, I think that's fair for it. Fine. It, it's okay. I'm not heartbroken or anything. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's fine. It's, it's not bad okay. Movie. You fucking hate it. You fucking hate it. You detest it. You wish I died for even bringing it up. It's okay. I understand. Oh, uh, yes. But that's another point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that's all I got. Um, you, please remember it out of 10. All right. Uh, let's talk. What's What better way to follow up not another teen movie than the 1946 classic from Alfred Hitchcock, Notorious? Fuck yeah. <laughs> of course. What, what that, those two you... movies have a lot in common. <laughs> What a transition, right? They were both um, shot on film. They both involve actors. There was writing and acting involved. It's the fucking same yeah. thing. Yeah, basically basically identical movies, I know. 
Uh, yeah, so Notorious, starring Ingrid Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant. Uh, this is indeed from 1946. Uh, yeah, I wanted to watch some more classic Hitchcock for a while. This is on Tubi, the free streaming service. I was like, fuck it, let's give this a watch. There's a criterion for it, too, so we'll see if I want to add it to my criterion wish list. Which was spoiler, I didn't, but it was still a good movie, and I appreciated it. Um, look, it's it's very interesting. It's very different for what I what I consider normal Hitchcock movies, from at least what I've seen from Hitchcock movies. Hitchcock's very plot-orientated, and you get a lot of really interesting stories and, and set pieces with his, and it's not about the conversations, really, with a lot of his movies. It's just kind of the happenings and surroundings and what's going on and the mystery of it all. This is really character-driven. Like, it's really, especially early on in the first half, it's all about the characters and what's going on with them and the story that they're building, which basically this guy falls in love with this girl and he needs to be her handler as a spy in the war for this uh, German war criminal, I guess, and a Nazi. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, I wasn't expecting this type of movie out of him. Uh, It was good, though. Uh, I I definitely feel it definitely feels its age a little bit. Like, you can definitely feel that. And I I think the ending's horrible. (laughs) But I think that's just a product of 1946. And, you know, I'm sure he would have loved to do something different. But basically, back then, everything had to be a happy ending. So Mm -hmm. that just kind of is what it is, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, honestly, for, you know, especially for a movie this old, you can definitely feel some early Hitchcock here and uh, it feels pretty good. So I'm definitely overall positive on it. Um, I still have all four of those Hitchcock movies just sitting there. Uh, every time that I sit down and I watch a movie with my wife, I just like have a stack that I'm like, well, here's this, here's this and here's the Hitchcock movies. And we get close every single time, but I just keep buying movies and then other things keep taking precedence. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Hitchcock. I don't know when I'm going to watch Notorious. I don't even know if I'm ever going to watch Notorious. I'm so sorry out of 10. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a 7 out of 10 for me. I respect it uh, more than I think I actually love it, but it was still pretty good and I would probably watch it again one day. All right. Um Life of Brian, or how it should probably be called, uh, preferably, Life of Brian. Um, Life of Brian is fucking hilarious. Um, I don't know if there's anything else I could really say. It's just, it's funny. It It's Monty Python. I would say that maybe there's an entire section when you go into space that maybe goes on for just a little bit too long. It, it, it's extended for a joke at the end, but I don't think it's worth it by the time you get there. That's it. This movie's just really fucking funny. I don't. Doesn't need. I don't need to go that deeper. Okay, that's it. Uh, don't you got anything? Um, things in life are bad. They can really make you mad. Come on, that song's incredible, man. I know fucking, it is. They're <laughs> hanging up on the crosses. Always look on the bright side of life. Listen, nothing is better than hearing a whole bunch of people being crucified and thinking, well, things, things that can't be that bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's such a classic. Yeah, I love this movie. I love Monty Python. It's not as good as the Holy Grail to me. Holy Grail is like the like probably my favorite comedy of all time. Just peak peak comedy uh but this is it's in the name there yes but this is still very fucking good this is still great i love it it's definitely my second favorite python movie uh meaning meaning life is my least favorite but i still enjoy that one too uh but this is great so if you've never seen life of brian this is an absolute classic and i must watch in my opinion yeah and that's the thing like i this is another one of those movies like 
well, am I just gonna repeat the jokes? Like, yeah, no, I don't want to <laughs> do that. I just, I just want to. Sometimes I feel like my briefness when talking about a movie is disrespectful. I want everyone to know that my briefness with this movie is like out of respect for every joke. Nothing I would say could do any of those jokes justice. This movie's fucking great. You should watch yeah. it out of ten. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a four to five for me. Eight out of ten. Uh, classic, just a classic. Um, all right. So yes, and we'll, I'll fall back. I will actually do a good transition here because again, we've talked so much about this movie already, so I'm not going to spend much time on it at all. I did rewatch everything everywhere all at once. Uh, I got the 4k, so I needed to watch it. The movie's still incredible. This is my third time watching it now twice in theaters, first at home, great 4k cup movie looks gorgeous. Uh, if you have, if you've been living under a rock and you haven't heard of this movie, or you haven't seen it. Uh, this is another highest grossing A24 film of all time. Uh, must watch. So what is that? Like $5? Yeah, five, five fifty. dollars uh, Canadian dollars. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely give this a watch. Uh, it's a masterpiece. And that's all, again, we've talked about this a lot, so I have nothing else to add. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is a movie that I watched once in 4K and then I, no, sorry, that I watched once in theaters and then I bought a 4K disc and I just threw it on the shelf immediately, so... Uh, I love this movie. I want to watch it again, except I want to drag my parents in to watch it and just be like, do you get the message? I know it's really weird, but did you get the message? <laughs> and then I just want them to be like, why is there a bagel? I'm like, Shh, just soak in the ending. Don't worry about all the stuff that got us here. Okay. Fuck. To quote the rock. Um, <laughs> Um, everything everywhere all at once is a shelf out of 10 cinema at its finest five out of five. You want to know what's also cinema? What's uh, the cheese in resident evil four. Let's fucking go. Resident evil four is such a good fucking video game. You shoot them in the knee and then you punch them and you kick them. And the tuning in this game is immaculate. You die, you come back. The game doesn't tell you it's either. You just feel like it's easier. You go, you find more ammo. There might be less enemies, but the tension is still there because the game knows, oh, you kind of suck a little bit. It's okay. We're going to keep the tension up. We're not going to patronize you and make you think that you suck. You're just going to play the game. It's going to be a good time. Let's fucking go. Leon, my boy Leon over here hitting on Hunnigan. Uh, not hitting on Ashley because that might be jailbait. This man is the fucking king. This game is so fucking good. The the Spanish cop dude. I don't know. I don't remember what his man's name is. All I know, it's funny that this is a Spaniard cop. But for some reason... Oh, sorry. Not only is he a Spaniard cop, all the zombies are Spaniards too, and all of them sound Mexican, even saying cabron, which is, like, specifically Mexican. It, this is so great! Oh my god! Um, uh, dude, at some point, though, these fucking zombies, they gang up on you. As soon as you hear the chainsaw sound, it's like, oh no, that man's gonna ruin my fun. This game is so good, Dory. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. Oh my god, this game is so good. I'm so happy to have it. Oh, I just keep playing it and like I'm savoring this thing. I'm like I'm only going to play the three chapters at a time. When I do that, I'm going to come back and I'm going to enjoy this. And I already know this is going on the shelf immediately. I want you to know that Resident Evil 5 is going on the shelf too in the same box. 
Yeah, this is the same shelf that can't help hold uh, seven samurai, apparently. Oh, okay. So you want to be a clown now? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you want to be a clown? I, I had to bring up the Mac joke. I, I had. I, had I to. will <laughs> look. I'm almost considering cutting this just because I don't want to give him any That's air. That shelf <laughs> is not a mark of quality. It is a mark of if I like it or not. All right. Well, now you need to keep it because that's a good rant. Um, speaking of good rants, Resident Evil 4 is one of the most overrated games of all time. You're overrated. Um, You're I, overrated. I, 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 no denial here, buddy, but so is Resident <laughs> Evil 4. Look, I, I don't... This game is fine. It's not a bad the game. Worst. It's, it's a good it's, game. It's not a bad game, game, even. It controls horribly, though. Like, it does not control you well. Can, you Okay, <laughs> you can't tell me that we went through all of the Resident Evil month in October, like, seven years ago, and the Resident Evil 4, oh, suddenly the controls are bad. Every fucking game! It's in the game! It, they're, slightly improved from, they're slightly improved from Code Veronica. Not much. Um, like, it's just... It's not, it's first of all, this is the game that set Resident Evil down on the dark path of deciding to do cheese over horror. And I'm so glad that you brought up Scary Movie because you like Scary Movie when it did way more terrible shit to the parody movie than Resident Evil 4 did to itself. That's true. That's true. And I I don't hate Resident Evil 4. I just, I just, I don't love it. I I don't love Scary Movie either, although I think it's good. Um, I think, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'll put, I'll leave it at this because I go on all night about this. But I really think I'm very excited for the Resident Evil 4 remake because this is a chance to correct. This is a chance to correct all the wrongs that has been done for this game and maybe retroactively bring me some peace, which I'll appreciate. Give me a scary tone. Fucking cut out the fucking escort shit. And uh, we, we're cooking, Capcom. We're cooking at that point. So I am about to break my index finger and my middle finger with how much I am putting quotation marks up to the word fix. I, <laughs> I can't wait until Resident Evil 4 is like 20 bucks. The remake, I will try it then. And I'm going to be like, oh, it's just a reskin of Resident Evil 2. Oh, cool. I'm not laughing. I'm just being less scared than I was in Resident Evil 2. Fucking cool. Great. Okay, maybe, you know what? Make the big cheese a Mr. X that chases you throughout the entire game. That might be one. There's a free fix. I'll give you that one. He was gone too soon. Rest in peace, big cheese. Dude, I just realized this game has so much cheese and there's literally a character named Big Cheese. This is incredible. I know. That's why it's not good. This is cinema type writing, okay? Mm, it's something all right. <laughs> I I can feel I can feel the Javier Bardem mm, right yeah, there. very 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 uh, Anton Chigura vibes right now. I'll, I'll mm, that. Okay, okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> you can believe that. Yeah, uh, no, I just I, I know, and I know. By the way, for the three people listening, I, I know this one, is incredible. There's one left after you filter yeah, them out. Yeah, the rest of people take shit. <laughs> I know this is a hot take. I'm very well aware of this. Resident Evil 4 is one of the most beloved games of all time. And that's why I legitimately think it's one of the most overrated games of all time. I just do not understand it. That being said, I would play this game every day before I'd ever touch Breath of the Wild again. So it's got that going for it. All right. Um, I, if anyone wants to send hate mail, I have Dorian's Twitter right here. It's called <laughs> at D O R. Uh, suck a dick, except it's the CK <laughs> is replaced with an X. 
Um, also, every single I is the letter. This is the number one. So um, send your hate mail there. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. I can't wait until there's like actually someone who has that name. And they're like, why is there literally just one person in my DMs? Please leave me alone. <laughs> uh, six out of ten. You were the worst out of ten. <laughs> nacho cheese out of ten. And you know why I say that? Because nacho cheese is one of the best fucking cheeses you can get. I agree. I love a good nacho cheese. Way too good for a recipe before uh, score. Hey, uh, okay, you, man. I went to a, a barbecue place not long ago, right? My parents didn't know what to order, and they saw that on the menu there. It said brisket nachos, and I was like, what? And my parents were like, well, we don't want to eat that much, so we'll just order that and have that together. And then, of course, because my parents never finish it, they're like, hey, you can have the leftovers. I was like, this might be the greatest day of my fucking life. Yeah, it sounds really good. I love uh, brisket goes with anything. Brisket's so fun. Brisket nachos, man. It doesn't get more baller than that. No, no, it really doesn't. Fuck, I love brisket. Oh, okay, I'm getting hungry. Let's move on. Dude, no, that's uh, oh, right. I'm fucking hungry right now. I'm at fifty. I'm at. Oh, wait, how many fucking calories I'm at? I'm still, I'm still, I'm still dieting, which honestly is not going to go well because I have vacation next week, so that's probably going to out the window. I'm at fifteen fifty <laughs> calories today. I, this is. I've been thinking about food so much. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I wish I had a food-related uh, movie, but I don't, so I can't transition this into anything cool. Thank God. <laughs> right Thank now. God. Uh, you're lucky this time. Come All right, supersize. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. <laughs> so- <laughs> Dude, <laughs> fucking nuggets. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Nuggets sound good right now. <laughs> I no, hate right, myself. <laughs> Midnight Special. Uh, we'll talk about Midnight Special next. That sounds from- like a meal. It does kind of you can you get a deal if you order after <laughs> actually there's a there's a barbecue place like if you order after like ten o'clock near me uh, it's all cheap so they're not Whoa. bad dude um, you go to a jack in the box after midnight the only people who are there are high including the person that's taking your order you get this box where you get a burger and you get curly fries and you get tacos that taste like cancer and it's like ah this feels great I'm gonna hate myself tomorrow because of this yeah yeah I I I, I feel that. I'm hungry. <laughs> Midnight special. So this is from this is from director Jeff Nichols, uh, who also directed a couple of movies I actually really dig, and I didn't realize he did them until after I started looking into this movie. Uh, he directed Take Shelter and Mud, which Take Shelter I really like, and Mud's pretty good too. So I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I believe Poot recommended this one to me. Uh, so shout out to Poot. Um, and it's fine. I, I don't. Uh, I don't dislike it. Um, but it's definitely, in my opinion, the weakest of uh, the three movies I've seen of his. It's very. It feels like. It feels like Spielberg, like Spielberg kind of family drama. But uh, there's just something a little bit off about it. Like it doesn't quite hit those highs. But it definitely feels like that's what they're going for here. Michael Shannon's great as always. He plays the main character here, where he's basically trying to protect his son. His son's developed these superpowers out of nowhere, and now the government wants to kidnap him. Um, and that's basically the whole crux of the movie. Uh, Joel Edgerton's here. He's always good. He's Kristen Dunst plays the mother. Adam Driver's criminally underused here, but he's here as well. Um, and yeah, it's it's fine. Like it was an enjoyable movie. Had a pretty decent resolution to it. Uh, I, I just I watched this a few days ago and I've already forgotten a lot of things and I would never think about it again. So it's not the type of movie that sticks around for long, I feel, but uh, there are certainly worse ways to spend your time. So you, you can get some enjoyment out of this, especially if you're a Michael Shannon fan, because he brings it hard in every role he does. And he's he's really good here, too. So, yeah. All right. Um, I've never seen Super 8. Um, that's what I'm going to say. 
Oh yeah, Super Eight. Yeah, see, I actually think Super Eight's a little overrated. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it, I would say it's better than this. So, I would like to follow up with another uh, Spielberg knockoff movie, but I can't really think of anything. Super Eight was what I thought of immediately. I yeah. see if I would have come up with a third movie, it would have been obvious that it was a joke. Where I'm like, yeah, I guess that's your opinion about insert movie title. That's another Spielberg runoff here. Like, but uh, I I ruined the joke, but it's okay. Whatever. I'm probably never watching this out of ten. There we go. There it is. Cool. Uh, it's a six out of ten for me. All right. Uh, I'm about to knock out three games because um, okay. there really isn't much here. Um, okay. I can do three. The, out of this these three right here, um, they're on the other Vita. They're on the Vita that will never see the light of day. This is my sampling machine. Let's see what I like. Let's see what's going to have me hunting shit afterwards. Okay. Thankfully, all three of these were misses. So it's like, oh, thank God. Okay. Because specifically the first <laughs> game here. There is no fucking reason people should be paying 80 to $90 for this. And that game is The Amazing Spider-Man on Vita. Um, you know how I was talking about how Infamous has no concept of a frame rate? Yeah, this game is actually somehow even worse. And the funny thing is, is that you're, you open up the game in an interior, and it's like, oh... You can't handle a frame rate inside a building, and this game is supposed to be open world. I actually didn't even get to the open world because this was actually hurting my eyes. Why are people paying 80 to $90 for this game on Vita? I don't want to understand. I, I don't even want to. I don't. I don't want to. That's your money. People are dumb. This game just... No... Oh my god, no. The Vita, I know, isn't that powerful a device. But, Jesus Christ, you could have done something with these graphics. You really could have. Because this looks like a bad PS2 game. I specifically say bad PS2 game because there are some PS2 games that you look and it's like, okay, yeah, I can tell that this is a little bit older. That's fine. There's usually some sort of art style. This actually looks like a homebrew version of The Amazing Spider-Man got ported over. And, okay... A PSP homebrew port of The Amazing Spider-Man accidentally got released on Vita. That's what this looks like. And not only that, you can definitely tell they were struggling to get this game on here because the, the sound, everything sounds so fucking compressed. I never want to think about this game again. I hope no one ever goes out of the way to get this game. There are so many other Spider-Man games that you can play. Miles Morales is easily accessible, and so is Spider-Man PS4. Please don't play this game. What is wrong with you? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this game a 2. I'm going to go ahead and give this game a 2, because I feel like that's what the frame rate would want me to give it. Um, the next game. Uh, I'm pretty sure I only chose this because of the title. It was called Back in 1995, and I was like, oh, I don't really know what this is, but it, it has the title Back in 1995, and it looks post-apocalyptic. So it's like, okay, an alternate timeline of the 90s? Sure, let me check that out. I boot in, and as soon as a, I boot in, a trophy popped, and I was like, what? And so I backed out of the game, and I looked and I was like, wait a minute, 
that developer sounds familiar. Who are you? And I looked it up and I realized that back in 1995 was developed by one of those people that just makes games that you can get a plat in like an hour. And I was like, oh, this isn't a real video game. And then I just deleted it. That's it. I just wanted to mention this as in like, this is getting the word out. If you see back in 1995, don't be tricked by the look that there's some creativity behind it. It is just there for you to get a platinum. So no, no, thank you. Um, trophy brain rot out of 10. The next one is entwined. I don't know why the fuck Sony saw Pixel Opus making entwined in 2013 and 2014 and said, yo, man, we got to. We gotta put a ring on them as soon as we can, man. They they're making some good shit. Did you play Entwined? We need to buy them now because Entwined sucks. It's it's a game that you can tell. It's like, oh, if this were like, I don't know. I think this game like came out in 2014, 2015. It's a game that is like five years too late because like when indies were a little bit newer if you were playing something you like entwined you're like oh man this is just kind of like a chill experience this is all right nowadays indie games have so many different chill games even a different game that i've played before called hohokam which was free on playstation plus years ago like i played hohokam and i was like yeah this is a good vibe it's got music i'm doing stuff this feels great Entwined is just like it's like oh man, you, there's a little bird and there's a swan and they're they're good for each other, but they can never be together. It's like I, why is this just? It feels, it feels like Oscar bait. It feels like if Oscar bait were a thing for video games, where this game's just like man, look at this, we're so artistic. It's like this game sucks, man. All you're just doing is moving around the joysticks and the music isn't even hitting, the visuals don't hit. So it's like. I'm just moving sticks like you are not dressing up this experience enough to actually make me buy into all of this. So, yeah, entwined um, Jim Ryan. I'm going to blame Jim Ryan and say that this was his purchase out of 10. So, Dorian, Amazing Spider-Man, the game, back in 1995, entwined. Anything you want to say about this? Or do we just hopefully never have to think about these games ever again? Yeah, no, fuck them. Let's just uh, pretend that never happened. Perfect. All right. I might even just cut that entire segment and just be... (laughs) Imagine if I... No, that's... Okay, I need to to state this. Uh, I edit stuff that is redundant. I actually never edit out any of the topics, no matter how tempted I am. I may do it out of order. I I actually have not been censored, shockingly. just wait just wait there will be some point when you will hey cast yeah um i'm going to edit it i'm gonna edit the breath of the wild hate cast and i'm going to add all of your audio to the last of us part two one instead that's an impressive edit if you do all that then godspeed (laughs) like uh, it it would be pretty easy because like you would just be like this is a piece of shit i hate it the story is the worst it's not even there and i'm just like oh okay perfect then i just record backwards and it's like yeah man i agree what did you think about the girl and you're just like man why does she not do anything in the story i'm just like yeah fuck you all right i'm gonna move on editing Um, is dangerous yeah no shit eh? it could be very uh very sneaky. Very sneaky indeed. Uh, okay, I'll bang 03 now, too. Uh, let's start with the Nicolas Cage block. So we've got Lost, Leaving Las Vegas and Con Air. Um, we'll start with Leaving Las Vegas. So on the Passive Pixels Discord, shout out to the Passive Pixel Discord. No, there isn't. There is, <laughs> there's a Kino Club where every uh, two weeks somebody's selected 
and uh, they pick a movie to watch for everyone. I, of course, have been silently protesting this since the beginning and still am silently protesting this. But I got selected. I was like, fuck, I actually need to take this seriously now. So I had a couple of different <laughs> options in my mind. I was thinking between movies, but I decided on leaving Las Vegas. What is leaving Las Vegas? Well, it's a film from, I believe, 1995 starring Nicolas Cage. It actually won Mr. Cage's best actor. Uh, or sorry, his first Oscar for lost well, first and only Oscar for best actor. Wait, um, hold on. Back in 1995. Yes. Back in 1995. <laughs> Carry on. That's it. I'm doing That's like a, a weird look like, a you know, like, like a meme. Look. You're just, okay. Anyways, you're just like, um, shut up, shut up. Yeah. It's okay. I understand that that one I understood. And that's what I was going for. <laughs> um yeah so it's basically like super depressing it's about a guy who like just has nothing left to live for lost his kid lost his wife and he just wants to drink himself to death and that's the plan hey i'm just gonna go to vegas and just completely drink myself until i am fucking dead um and he meets a prostitute and stuff happens won't get into it because spoilers but good stuff uh it's just a hard look at the realities of alcohol abuse and depression and you know it's it's a really really good movie. I really like uh, Nicolas Cage's uh, performance here. I think it was very deserving of a best uh, best Oscar there. I'm glad he won one because he's a unique enough actor that I definitely feel like he should have at least one in his career. So I'm glad he snagged one early for that because um, he's obviously not getting another one. I don't think he was kind of robbed on a nomination. So I, I think the Academy doesn't want to recognize him ever again. Um, but yeah, no, this is just really, really solid stuff. It's not a perfect movie. Rewatching it, uh, there's definitely like there's there's a couple scenes in particular that are just like, oh, this really doesn't need to be here. Like this is just completely unnecessary and kind of gross, even. But for the most part, really solid film overall, and uh, definitely one I'd recommend. I still am behind four movies entirely on the movie club. Oh wait, sorry, five because I forgot that oh, you're the... protesting too. Nice. Eh, I mean, unintentionally, like accidentally. It's like it's like if I don't go vote, am I technically protesting the vote? <sighs> I don't know. That's up to interpretation. But yeah, I'm behind. I want to watch that one. But also, Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? Why do I have all these movies? And then my brain goes, you know what? That Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon and just hit a streaming service. I think I'm going to watch that instead. So I'm just an idiot sometimes. Leaving Las Vegas, I'll arrive at some point out of 10. It's an 8 out of 10 for me. Really good movie. Uh, okay, now we'll talk about Con Air. This is by director Simon West, uh, who also did uh, some Expendables movies, Tomb Raider, so just a bunch of shit other than this, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, this movie, so I didn't have really high expectations going into this movie, uh, mainly because I was told by a couple of different people that, oh, because I didn't like The Rock. I, I, I thought The Rock was very mid, not a good action movie at all. Just did not enjoy, did not get the love for that. And they're like, well, if you didn't like The Rock, you're not going to like Connor. They're, they're basically the same types of movies. You're fucked. Uh, I disagree. Connor is fantastic. This was really fucking great. This was just pure 90s action Kino, and it was perfect, man. You got Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich doing their things. Ving Rhames was in everything in the 90s, so he was here too. Dave Chappelle was even in this fucking movie, which I didn't expect, and was quite great to see him. Uh, and Steve Buscemi has a small but really fantastic role in this. 
Um, and yeah, this is just fucking fun, man. Like it's such a ridiculous premise. You've got this plane full of prisoners and the prisoners take over the plane. And I mean, it's just pure fucking cheese at times, but it's exactly what you'd want out of a nineties action movie. Nicholas cage is like maybe the worst fucking accent I've ever heard in this movie. <laughs> um, but it's genuinely hilarious and it just works perfectly. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's great, great stuff. Um, I can't believe it took me this long to watch it. <laughs> you see, I haven't watched The Rock, but there's just something in me that wants to get angry at you. And it's something that, like, I have to temper because, like, you haven't watched the movie. Don't defend it. But I'm like, there's just something about hearing that just makes me want to. So I would like to lead into saying that. Well, like, I should watch The Rock. But also, I know myself. That's not going to really happen. Um, Con Air. I'm God, Nicholas Cage. I'm so sorry. I my wife was looking at the other day and she's like, man, I want to watch the unbearable way to master talent. I was like, honey, we got a lot of homework before we get there. Do you know how many Nicholas Cage movies we have to watch before we get to that one? It's like, uh, Nicholas Cage, I'm so sorry. Oh, hold on. I just realized something. I don't remember why I brought it up. But I was looking up Nick Cage not long ago. I think I told my dad, I was like, oh, yeah, he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. He's like, what? And it's like, yeah. And we looked it up and we saw that his first role was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High as a walk-on. Like, this man was at a restaurant and he was just standing there. He looks up for a second and he looks back down. It's like, oh, wow, that was his first role. That is, that's fucking Nick Cage. Okay. I don't know. That's all I got. Nick Cage, I'm sorry, out of 10. You definitely don't watch uh, the ma- uh, the unbearable way to massive talent until you do a little bit more uh, Nick Cage homework because you definitely like I mean you could still probably enjoy it but you will not get uh, maximum enjoyment out of it uh, until you watch a lot of his stuff especially Con Air is a big one too you definitely you definitely want to watch that one I because there was some stuff I missed out on even because I haven't seen it so yeah uh, eight out of ten really great movie. Uh, okay, and then lastly, I'm going to talk about Shoplifters here. Um, mm. This is a 2018 movie directed by uh, oh, fuck. Hirokaza Korida. Koriida. Fuck me, I don't know how to say it. Um, I believe this movie won a Cannes. Don't quote me on that, but I think it did win a Cannes, the Palme d'Amour for the best movie. Uh, Japanese movie. A lot of hype about this movie going in. Um, it's good. Uh, I do like it. Um, mm. I just don't love it. And I feel like I definitely will rewatch this and revisit this at some point because there are parts of it. I really like, especially the ending, like the ending really hits a good note. And I feel is great. The problem I have is it's two hours, which isn't particularly long, but the first hour and like 15 minutes of this movie, it's just like a slice of life movie, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But those aren't generally my favorite in the first place. And this one just kind of meanders around a little bit too much for me. And then finally, like in the last 45 minutes, it kind of changes tone and turns into something completely different. And that's when I started getting a little bit more involved with it and interested. And uh, definitely piqued my interest a little bit more in it. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely good. It's really well acted, really well shot, all of that stuff. Uh, the message I think is fantastic here. Um, it's definitely one I could see going up on rewatch, but as it is, I like it, but just don't love it. Shoplifters. This is one that I kept hearing in 2018 again from like the last episode when I explained how there's a lot of stuff that 
Uh, we'll get, we'll just be stuff that I've heard of from either screen junkies or Cinefix. Shoplifters is one that would pop up and that's it. That's all I really got. I just remember hearing about it. I'm like, cool, I'll get to it. And then this might be the first time I've thought about it in four years. So for me, do you think this is one that I should ever think about again? Or am I just going to let this slowly fall into obscurity again? You see, you, I think you like slice of life stuff a little bit more than I do. The, the, the problem is like, not, I, see, this isn't even Korean. I was going to say, you don't really like the Korean films that much, but this is Japanese. This feels like a Korean film though, in a lot of ways. So I, I don't know. It's a bit hit or miss. I, I will say that I feel like the sub, I, I feel like this would be a movie you would like you. I don't think you would love it though. Like, I don't think this would be one you'd ever shelf or even, um, like you might borderline give it a heart, for instance, on your rating scale on letterbox, but maybe not even that. Um, I do think you'd enjoy it though. Like, I don't think you'd hate it. There's nothing really to hate about this movie because it's well made. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it would be anything more than that. Honestly. Okay. Um, my score for shoplifters is going to be, I should watch the Florida project out of 10. I've been meaning to do that for a while now. Uh, the Florida project. Yes. The Florida project is a very good um, that one I would definitely say is better than Shoplifters. I really like that movie. That was a Moki joint actually made me watch that. Shout out to Moki. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I watched Tangerine and I didn't like Tangerine. I just didn't continue with um, Sean Baker's movies. I'll get there eventually. Yeah, I need to watch more of his too. Red Rocket is uh, something that's been on my list for a while. I was actually considering watching it um, tomorrow, but I think I'm going to do Broke by Mountain tomorrow. So not yet. But it's hot. Yeah. Is that why you hurt your throat? <laughs> no sh- exactly. Uh, all right. I got five left. I think you should have five left. So do whatever you want. I've got four. So yeah, fuck it. Who cares? Whatever. I'll just go. Um, Sly Cooper one. Um, you see, that's the thing. Ghost of Tsushima. I really liked Ghost of Tsushima. Like that movie, that movie, Jesus Christ, that game. I just really like it. And the more time passes, the more I'm just happy with that game and i started thinking sucker punch that was literally the first game that i played of, of yours let me dive in let's see what i'm missing so pretty much that just is summed up as sly cooper and um infamous so infamous i already got the first infamous out of the way the infamous two. god i just want to keep playing more um festival of blood i'll probably play second sun i'll probably no what am i talking about i will play these games i will play uh, festival of blood second sun and first light uh sly um i'm gonna say something that you might like well maybe i don't know because i know that you're a jack 2 fan um actually you know i'm gonna call you a simp because you're the worst um jack one is better than sly one um playing yes, sly one i am maybe like two missions in and i'm just like this is competent i understand what's going on here the mechanics are pretty well if i were a child with a ps2 when i played this i probably would have been all over this game like oh man all right but just playing sly cooper one it's like mm. 
yeah, this is good, but um, they've already set up the game for it to be like, oh, you have these five different bosses that you'll have to take out. And I'm assuming that the way that it works is that it'll be a small little open level, like a small little hub, and then you can go and actually do the levels to you know, complete the game. And I see that I'm in this little hub. I already did two of the levels. I'm going to the third. And I'm just playing it, and I'm like, man, this is this is fine. This is okay. Like, it's not anything that is... I just know that if I get to the boss in this game and I still don't feel anything by that point, I will probably drop it and go to Sly 2 because, I mean, if Infamous 1 was really rough and then Infamous 2 is something that's like, holy shit, finally you give me something that I like. I want to hope that maybe there's a sequel bump where they're just like, okay, yeah, that was a good proof of concept. Now let's make actually make the game fun now. So, yeah, Sly 1. Oh, shout out to the fact that it runs on Vita actually, like, really well. Like, it, this game on Vita, it... Okay, let me take back some of the praise. I'm just impressed that they got it on the Vita. I'm very impressed at the how good of a port it is. But this is one of those games that it feels like I should be playing this on a big TV. I don't know what it is. It's just like, it, it just feels like this game was never meant to be on a small screen. It feels like it wants to kind of like show you with some vastness. I don't know, scope maybe. But yeah, Sly 1 is, I don't know, I feel like that might be a me thing because I specifically, uh, in my brain, separate console games and handheld games where some games that are like on handheld were like, oh yeah, I enjoyed this. But then when you throw it on a console, it just isn't, it just isn't right. So, for example... Uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, Birth by Sleep. I feel like on PSP, I actually really enjoyed that game. I tried playing it on PS4, and I fucking hated it. And I was like, well, it was designed for a handheld, and the way that I'm playing this isn't... It's not a handheld, so maybe expectations are different. I don't know, but yeah, Sly 1, it might end up being a drop out of 10. Yeah, so, well, the thing, here's the thing. I, I Again, I, the Sly games, I think, are all fine. Um, this is just, I, 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 this is why until Ghosts of Tsushima, I had a problem with Sucker Punch. They had just never made anything that had completely grabbed me, and I always thought they were kind of one of the more overrated Sony studios until, until Ghosts of Tsushima, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, the Sly games, they're all fine. They're not bad games by any means. It's just all, like, I always just found more creativity and fun from the Jack and the Ratchet games um, than I did with Sly personally. Uh, sorry, Ryochi, but that's just the truth. And I don't, again, there, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not bad made. They're fun. They're quirky, everything like that. But it just, if the, if I was to pull up a list of platformers, I'd want to go back and revisit it. Sly would be very close to the bottom of that list because I just don't think there was anything there to, to really pull me in. And I don't know, maybe you'll enjoy the sequels more if you try them, but that's, to me, there's just not enough big difference in any of those games. Um, shout out to the art for this game, though. Like, oh my yes, God, it is this very game pretty. is... Yeah, like, this game has aged so nicely. Uh, maybe it's a little rough because I can tell the audio is a little compressed, and I'm pretty sure that's not a Vita thing. Like, that's probably, like, no. a literally, this is a PS2 game, and it's like, oh, man, we have four gigs, and audio takes up a lot of fucking data. So, um, yeah, Sly Cooper 1, 
this is one that you know maybe if i played it for longer i'd want to be as mean to it as i was infamous but if i stop it here i can be like you know what if i played this contemporarily i'd probably be like yeah i had a fun time which is funny because i'm actually pretty sure that it's like 2008 i was like what 13 13 might be older than what i had in mind for uh playing that game but specifically uh, wait no it wasn't 2008 fuck might have been 2005 or so um there was a hurricane that was gonna hit houston um i think i remember that my cousin and his family were leaving their part of houston to come over to my parents since we would have gotten less of a storm and i remember that my cousin brought a ps2 and he was he had a slide game i think it was probably two it's funny thinking that i had a chance there to play it and then that probably got me the hook and Maybe my life could have been completely different. I could have been a Sly fan, and maybe I could have been a full-on pony because of it. Um, imagine that different universe. Um, but yeah, like Sly Cooper, if I played it then, I'm pretty sure I would have vastly more enjoyed it. And maybe I would have revisited it later and just been like, oh, that was a little bit of nostalgia. That's okay. I'll just chalk it up to I still have pleasant memories, but I don't think this is that great. So yeah, Sly 1 is... Give it to your kids at the right time out of 10. Yeah, it's um, Thunder Punch is overrated out of 10. Wow. Except for, except for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, oh, man. Like, I, you see, you're, you're scratching that part of my brain that was being scratched with the rock where I'm barely into Infamous 2, but, like, I am so ready to start mounting a defense because of Infamous 2. But I can't do it yet. I can't do it yet without you immediately going, well, have you finished it? And I'm like, no. So, like, I, I, I'm, just bound, I'm just bound here. Book, By the bookmark way. till next bookmark till Exactly. Next um, I only have two left. Uh, so okay, so I should I should really bank some out then. All right, yeah, let's go bank for it. Some out. Uh, let's All start right. with the yeah. Let's start with the Jake Gyllenhaal sip corner, baby. The source. Dude, it's code. not even source a corner. Code. It's an entire room for you. Maybe an entire <laughs> zip code at this point. Let's talk about source code. Look, I actually did like this movie. Uh, is it like pure cinema art or anything? No, it's not. But it's fun. Jake Gyllenhaal's here doing his thing. We kind of get this adult Groundhog Day kind of time warp scenario where this guy's caught in an eight minute loop. I always like time loop sort of things like that. I find this interesting. So there's some good twists along the way here. Uh, Michelle Monaghan's great. I always like Vera Farm. Uh, Vera Farmiga? Farmiga, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, Jeffrey good Wright's yeah. Jeffrey Wright's an asshole in here and he's always good too. Um, I hate Russell Peters though. Every time he was on screen, I went to punch him in the face. I don't like him in general. I think he's terribly unfunny. Uh, but yeah, uh, everything else about this movie, pretty damn solid. Uh, I, uh, I don't know what else to say. I like Duncan Jones, man. Moon was really great. Uh, source code was fun, but everything he's done since then, which to be fair is only two films, but Warcraft was really fucking bad. Does um, Warcraft count? That feels like that feels fair. like a paycheck. Fair, but then he did Mute, which is in the same universe as Moon and is apparently horrendous. You see now that, like that one's like, okay, yeah. Yeah, and I actually will still watch Mute because, you know, why wouldn't I torture myself and hate myself for watching You're taking too many cues from me. I don't like it. Yeah, I know, right? But I will watch that (laughs) at some point, and I know I'm going to fucking hate it, uh, and I can't wait for that. (laughs) 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 But Source Code, uh, yeah, this is a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, I actually see on Letterboxd that you had seen it. I did not know that, so please uh, enlighten me on source code and what you think of it. 
So Source Code is a movie. Um, it's been a while since I watched it. Like, I'm pretty sure I watched it like a year or two after it came out. So it's been a while. I just remember watching it and thinking, oh, that was a kind of cool concept. You, you, you start slowly unraveling it. It's a bit of a Groundhog's Day mystery. And it's like, OK, you know what? That was fine. And then the movie ended and I was like, yeah. And then we cut forward like six or seven years and you're talking about source code. And my brain just goes, do I remember about anything from source code besides a train? Uh, the fact that maybe for some reason this movie had a tangential connection to Grey's Anatomy. I don't know how it is, but that might be even a false memory. I remember the spoiler uh, that's tied to Jake Gyllenhaal that's revealed around the end. Um, I don't know, man. This is one of those movies that back then it's like, look at me. I'm trying to branch out. I'm not just watching the Avengers 2012. I'm trying to watch source code. I'm trying to watch real movies. So this feels like a good stepping stone for me to become the smug asshole that's up my own ass at this point now. So um, thank you for being a stepping stone. That's all I really got source code. I'm going to go ahead and give you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Out of 10. 7 out of 10. I love you, Jake. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. Uh, I still got to do two more, I think, here. Yes. Two more. Uh, where do we go next? Let's talk about Cinema Paradiso. <laughs> so, Cinema Paradiso. This was the next movie in the Mac Addy exchange where we exchange a movie a month uh he has not watched mine yet uh we actually did two movies this month so i'm watching (laughs) cinema paradiso and then contact i'll watch contact probably sometime next week um he's watching Uh, a clown moose exchange yes of course of course clown moose exchange uh he's watching daddy long legs and uh, what was the second one i gave him oh natural born killers so that's what he's watching so he gave me Cinema Paradiso. Now this is this is an interesting movie. It's, so this this the move, the version I watched because the only version they had. Normally, if there's a director's cut, I'll watch the original cut first, and then I'll, if I ever rewatch, I rewatch the director's cut. I find that's kind of the best way to go about these things. Cinema Paradiso, though, I guess the the director's cut is considered the definitive version, and it's the only one that it's on the Criterion Channel streaming. That's the only one they had. But so normally, like I find with director's cuts, they add what an extra like. Five minutes, ten minutes normally. Besides Lord of the Rings, those extended cuts are crazy. But Fuck this yeah. went from two hours to three hours. So we got Holy a whole, shit. Yeah. For, and this is a dramatic movie. We're not talking like a big action epic here. So there was a lot of extra content. Um, But I did love this movie. This movie is fucking great, man. It's, so it's an Italian movie by Giuseppe Tor- uh, Tonatore. Um, and it's basically... It's basically just about, it's a love letter to cinema is the best way I can describe it. Um, It's about a guy who just kind of, you know, he's kind of old and an adult now and he's a filmmaker and he just basically starts having these memories about life as a kid and what cinema meant to him and the projectionist there and basically how it shaped his youth, shaped his uh, young adulthood and ultimately shaped his life. Um, I I think it's impossible to not, if you're a fan of movies or cinema in the least, it's almost impossible to not recommend this movie to someone. It's just such a well-made, well-crafted love letter to cinema. 
and it's th- it's three hours, so it is long. But I mean, there's the non-extended cut. Again, I don't know what's added. I don't know what's cut. I, I couldn't tell you. But I will say, even at three hours long, it really didn't feel that long to me. Like they do a good mm-hmm. job, and there's not a lot of fluff in there, and it's just magical at times. And it's something I can easily recommend to anyone. Like I said, if you have some sort of love of cinema or love of the craft, so amazing movie. Uh, let me do this lie. Why can't I spell paraíso? Uh, uh, there we go. Streaming anywhere. Shit, it's actually streaming like in the Criterion. Oh, holy shit, what? I had no idea that the the scene of paraíso is the movie where the kid is looking at a film reel. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay, yep. I almost feel like I should watch this just so I can be like, hey, I recognize where that's from now. <laughs> but it's okay. It at least gets me to watch the movie. Oh, wait. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Okay, I am so glad. Okay, so, of course, I'm bringing up Cinefix again. There is a list that they have that I haven't watched yet titled the best ending. Like, sorry, it's a top 10 list of best endings in a movie. And the thumbnail is that child from yeah. Cinema Paraíso. So it's like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, I wish. Yeah, the, I, go for it. I, I was just gonna say the ending to this movie is incredible, so that does not surprise me at all that it's on there. <laughs> That's the thing; they chose it as a thumbnail. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, all right. Um, yeah. I should really start getting like sticky notes and putting them on my monitor, so like I can write down things that we talk about during an episode, and I can be like, oh yeah, if I ever need like a quick thing, like oh, let me watch that. Like I have that that sticky note. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Is this this is not on my watch list? Adding it. Um, for the love of God, someone remind me that this is on the Criterion channel. Like, I'll probably watch this whenever I get a chance. Like that. that, yeah, that this, that's the score. I would be really surprised if you don't like this one. This one's just it, if you've got some appreciation for cinema and some nostalgia for it, it's a lovely movie. So yeah, it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts if you do watch it. Uh, this is a nine out of ten for me absolutely amazing film i definitely want to try snag the 4k for this at some point um and just Wait, there's a 4K. cinema there's a 4k yeah there is all right here we go again 4k <laughs> <laughs> Cinefa- I, believe, I believe it's uh i believe it's an arrow one so yeah. why are you 70 dollars new that's what re- how much is it for me i think it might actually be cheaper for me one sec let me see cinema Wait, why is that the blue? Oh, wait, that's the Blu-ray. Wait, why is the Blu-ray? That makes what? Never, never mind. Whatever. That is. Who cares? Who cares? It's uh, um, it's forty. It's forty-four dollars in Canada, so it it can't be that expensive for you guys. Unless it's okay. like a stalker or something. But yeah, look here. Here's what I'm gonna do. Best Buy. Uh, cinema. Para viso. Did I did I spell that right? Okay. Uh, DVD and a DVD and an LP and a LP and an LP. But Best Buy, you have failed me. Oh my fucking <laughs> god! I, do you realize how many gift? I have like a hundred and fifty dollars in gift cards from you right now. Please just yeah. give me. Th- <sighs> I don't think Best Buy carries um, Arrow stuff. I don't know if they do, so that's probably why. I, I actually literally went to a Best Buy today to return something. I walked around and they had um, True Romance on the shelf. Oh, never mind. Then they do. All right, well, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why yeah, no, ba- bastards. They're just doing this to piss me off. Um, just piss you off. Good shit. Oh, fuck. I don't. 
Damn it! I ah, if you were on Best Buy, I would have literally bought it right now. But ah, god damn it! Okay, um, Cinnabon is gonna be. You hear my frustration when I'm trying to buy it at a ten. That that says more than what I could say. <laughs> it's a nine out of ten for me. Like I said, incredible movie. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do one more here to catch us up. Uh, we're gonna talk about the father. Uh, so this is the latest one I watched. I watched this last night. This is by director Florian Zeller. Impressively, this is his first ever movie he's done, um, which I find crazy. Some of these fucking bangers these guys are doing with their first movies, man, is just incredible. Um, this was released a couple years ago. Uh, Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor uh, Oscar for this, and it upset a lot of people because there was, the, uh, yeah, there was the whole thing with, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Chad Chadwick. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman, who unfortunately passed away early, and a lot of people thought he would uh, uh, win the Oscar, you know, because of that. <laughs> and he didn't. No, no, no. Uh, don't th- forget. No, no. You need to mention the bigger thing. Like everyone thought, oh, okay, well, he died, so they're going to give it to him. Right. They purposely moved. The best picture ends the show every time. Yeah. This time they put best picture and then best actor. So you're like, oh, best actor at the end. Who else would it be? Chadwick Boseman just died. Let's honor this man. <laughs> oh, sorry. The father won. And, and, that's like, how, and Anthony Hopkins. And that and is then, how fucking... Sorry, go ahead. Not only that, he's not there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because well, he didn't think he was going to fucking win, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, he was like, yeah, you guys are putting it at the end. It wouldn't be me. <laughs> But that's the, the the kind of meme is obviously like that's what fucking good Anthony Hopkins is in this movie though because God damn did he deserve it. This movie I was saying earlier we were talking I forget who I was talking with but I was talking about uh, Hereditary and uh, some other horror movies with some people earlier and this movie is probably scare is the scariest movie I've seen in a long ass time. It's not horror but it is fucking utterly terrifying this movie you're basically just a man you're looking in this movie's an hour and a half it's very short it's peeking in on the life of a man who's just starting to to get old and uh lose his mind a little and it's heartbreaking yeah. it's horrifying and i really want to be dead by 50 <laughs> i can't stress this fact enough i do not want to live to be an old man like anthony hopkins in this movie <laughs> because god <laughs> Damn, I just can't imagine that shit. <laughs> I want you, like, I just, I, I'm going to literally repeat the sentence because I just, I just want us to wash in it a little bit, okay? Sure. I sure. hope I'm never old enough to be Anthony Hopkins. I just. <laughs> God bless you, Mr. Anthony Hopkins. I don't mean, I don't mean that as an insult to you. I just mean your age. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um. I don't know why. I think I was getting this movie mixed up with two popes, and I think it's because of Anthony Hopkins. Um, Fair. Ah, I don't know. I don't. Anyone want to give me their stars account so I can watch The Father? I swear I will watch The Father if you hand me your stars account. I probably won't. I will just, I will take the account, I'll let it sit, and just be like, oh yeah, I'll watch that eventually, and then I just won't. I'm going to watch Counterpart starring J.K. Simmons instead, and just be like, oh yeah, the father, never heard of him. Out of 10. Yeah, depression as fuck, 9 out of 10. Uh, my second favorite movie of 2020 now, besides Druck, and uh, just an incredible movie. All right, uh, you want to know another depressing movie? Yes, please. Doctor Strange 2. 
Oh what boy, yeah. What? Okay, cello time, cello time. No, cello time. no, I'm. I would. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, look, look. Who the fuck knows if I'm ever going to do a sellout episode? So this this is going to be a small sample. So I could just be like, okay, well, I tried that. Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness, is in theaters right now for its seventh week. I'm telling you right now, every time I saw this movie and Doctor Strange got on screen, I clapped. All I got was like, oh my god, I can't believe, I can't believe, it's Doctor Strange! It's and then, and then they brought America Chavez. She was introduced in one of the comics. Like, I was just so excited. And that time when Wong showed up and he said she took his, his slingy, I, I laughed. I laughed and I cried and I thought it might be one of the greatest movie experiences ever. And then when I saw, oh my God, when they, when they showed the multiverse and the different, and the Fox universe and they played the X-Men theme, I was so excited. I was, oh my God, you understand. Dorian, Dorian, do you, do you love all this? Do you, did you love the part where they had a black Captain Marvel? It was oh my god, I love the oh inclusivity. God, I pog so hard, bro. You have no couldn't imagine oh the excitement in the theater. People clap, people threw their popcorn. Oh my god. I, I saw one man dressed in a suit and he asked me if I've ever touched a woman, and I told him no. Why would I do that? I have Marvel movies. <laughs> I fucking hate myself. I, I feel dirty. Oh. Yeah, fuck the MCU. Why did you watch this shit? What's what's okay. yeah, give me <sighs> Yeah, no, this is just is... I was sitting down. I think my wife and I had been out like most of the day. I think I was out shopping because I, I'm getting fat, so I bought a whole bunch of clothes. Then I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, Hey, yeah, uh your blood work is great. Uh, could you lose weight? And I'm just like Bro, I've been trying. So um, we got home. It was a rough day. And she's like, I want to watch something I don't have to pay attention to. And I was like, perfect, Doctor Strange. And I was like, put it on. And I'm just immediately angry. I'm just like, oh, my fucking God. Am I tired of CG? Is that just what it is? Because it just starts off and they're in this huge astral plane and they're fighting some big ass alien and then they start talking in Spanish and my wife immediately looked at me. And it's like, wait a minute, did we accidentally leave the language on Disney Plus in Spanish? Because like, like, I don't remember when was the last time I used Disney Plus, right? I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure the last time I did it was for the Star Wars movies. But like if you ask me if I watched the Star Wars recently, I would probably say no. And then it goes back to my last memory, which is watching probably Encanto in Spanish. So there was legitimately a, a chance that we could have watched Encanto in Spanish and then Disney Plus could have just been Spanish. I was like, okay, well, I'm already annoyed. The CG is fucking terrible. It's bothering me so fucking much because it's like you you look at most of the MCU. It's like, okay, yeah. That's CG, I understand it's CG, but you're doing enough of a job where I'm invested in other things that if it looks a little rough, that's okay. I'm already walking in, just sharpening my pits for us. I'm like, all right, movie, how the fuck are you going to annoy me? So it just gets into it, and it's already fighting this gigantic alien that looks like shit. And then the alien just like... I don't fucking know, man. This alien's just trying to do shit, and I'm just super annoyed. And then there's, like, this this wacky camera angle that's like, oh, look, 
there there he is there's sam raimi there's the creativity i i pogged i totally pogged i took my impossible whopper and i took the soy and i put it in my blood when i noticed it was sam raimi i was like ah oh i'm doing it again i just and then the movie just keeps going and it's almost insufferable now whenever i hear any of this dialogue and i don't even know if the dialogue's bad it's just when i'm like i'm so still tired of this and then uh, america chavez shows up and this little girl it's like we're doing this we're just gonna give everyone a little girl a little sassy girl okay fine whatever and then the alien shows up and the alien looks even worse now. <laughs> like, I hate this. I hate this. I'm so bored. Why is nothing happening? All it is is just action where it's like, ah, let's get people in the doors. Like, can you give me a reason to care? Also, shout out to the fact that um, uh, Scarlet Witch, like, either off screen or in WandaVision is just, like, completely evil now. Like, who cares? Whatever. She's just completely evil now. I don't care. This movie obviously doesn't care. And then I think I got like, I don't know, I got maybe like 25 minutes in or so. And there was like, we're going to jump through multiverses. And it's like, they jump through and it's like, whoa, wait, wait, holy shit. I, that, that looks different. There's a paint world. There's a, there's a, an animated world. There's a world where I don't even remember what the other worlds are, but I was like, whoa, holy shit. That looks pretty creative. What world are we going to end up in? And it's like, Oh, we ended up in a world that has like slightly rainbow colors on it. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? You had a chance to be creative, to go through any dimension, the multiverse of madness, and you choose to go with one like, yeah, this one's slightly more colorful. It's like, I'm done. I'm done. And that was like, what, maybe 30, 40 minutes in? And I just started skipping to the pog scenes. So I got, by the, by the way, I'm going to spoil it because I don't fucking care. Shut up. Everyone already spoils Doctor MCU movies. So if you haven't listened, if you haven't gotten spoiled already, do you care? Do you really care? So moving on, I pogged when I saw um, Patrick Stewart uh, as um, Charles Xavier. I was like, holy, oh my God. I wasn't joking, by the way, when I said that the X-Men theme showed up. I, I, I heard it and I was like, you fuckers. You touched a button in my brain that I didn't want you to touch bad. So I hear that I'm like, eh, fuck you. You're lucky I like Patrick Stewart and you're playing the notes. You really shouldn't do that. Fuck you. And then they got Reed Richards and it's um, Jim from The Office. And I'm like, you know what? I could actually see him as a good Reed Richards. And then Wanda turns him into spaghetti. And I was like, wait a minute. Holy shit. That was actually kind of cool. It was a character with a name that was murdered. Not only is he murdered, like, this is what actually started annoying me about Sam Raimi directing this movie. Is that this man is like, oh, it's a PG-13 movie. Well, I kind of don't want it to be PG-13. And then Mickey Mouse ran in and was like, Huh? What are you talking about? It needs to be PG-13! We need to make it really good as a whole! So, you can tell, like, this man is just like, I want this to be rated R so badly. So, it's actually pretty great seeing um, uh, Mr. Fantastic get torn apart piece by piece, like if he was fucking an Italian dish. Because you actually hear uh, John Krasinski scream, like, I'm in pain! I am dying! I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. That's actually, I think, the first time I ever heard someone in pain in the MCU that is an actual named superhero. 
what? That's actually pretty fucking cool. And then Wanda just starts fucking killing all these alternate versions of these superheroes. Like Peggy Carter is Captain Britain, I assume, in this one. I was about to call her Captain America, Captain Britain, I guess, whatever. And she gets literally cut in half with her own shield. And I was like, man, this would have been really fucking cool if this movie were rated R because I think I would actually care a lot more. But you know, even seeing just all of these characters that are alternate dimensions, seeing them die, I was like, ah, I'm kind of enjoying this. Um, also, fucking hilarious. You know how I told you about uh, uh, Black Captain Marvel? Yeah, that's a thing. Um, Brie Larson's friend in Captain Marvel, the uh, she was the 007 agent in No Time to Die. So she's Captain Marvel in this alternate version. And Wanda just kills her by, like, throwing a statue on her. And I'm like, that's Captain Marvel. What the fuck do you mean you just killed her by throwing a rock? So I was like, oh, well, cool. I was actually kind of enjoying myself. And then you ended on something stupid like that. Oh, excuse me. I'm not editing out that bird. It's fucking Doctor Strange. I don't care. So I just kept skipping forward. Um, there was actually like what? That's the thing. I was skipping forward. And I was looking at the box at the bottom. I was like, does that look interesting? No, does that look interesting? No, does that look interesting? No. And then I got to like Patrick Stewart walking in a white room. And I was like, oh, hold on. That looks visually interesting. What's going on here? And he's trying to help Wanda out of her own head. And then like Red Mist shows up. Patrick Stewart is engulfed in the Red Mist. And there's a jump scare where... Scarlet Witch shows up and just snaps Patrick Stewart's head. I was like, whoa, oh, that was actually fucking cool. Good job, Sam Raimi. You got that one through. Um, moving on, because I just kept sipping forward. I was like, don't care, don't care, don't care. There's a moment where Doctor Strange and like his, his Rachel McAdams and America Chavez are both like down there. And here's the thing. Wanda at this point has become invincible. Like this woman is a fucking god. And they're just running away from her in like this iron, like underground tunnel. And they put down a door and they just stare at the door. And it's like, do you not know who you've been facing this entire fucking movie? Do you really think that metal door is going to stop her? Why did you stop and look? It's like, uh. Anyways, I skip forward to the to the Pog uh, end credits, and I was like, oh my god, it's that character from that thing! And then I decided I, I'm going to give Marvel my firstborn child and all my money because they're going to ransom my child. 14 out of 10, I can't wait for Doctor Strange 3 and the multiverse of cash grabs. Uh, I'm going to add nothing because we've. All, I don't want to talk about MCU any longer than we already have. Fuck the MCU, fuck all those pieces of shit, and uh, I have no interest. I was having a good night, and I talked about Doctor Strange. I'm yeah, hungry. Never, never, yeah, 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 never talk about Doctor Strange and, uh, and uh, podcast because you're bound to have a bad night. Doctor Strange 2 is... Oh, soy out of 10. Fuck it. I don't care. Soy out of 10. Fuck the MCU out of 10. Mm. All right. Your turn. All right. From that to we'll talk about the piano teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We're <laughs> really oh, quite the opposite ends of the spectrum there. Mm -hmm. uh, th this is from Michael Haneke, uh, who you might love lovingly know Ed as the director oh, no. of Funny Games. <laughs> oh. Yes, indeed. Uh, so fucker. this is. Yeah, so this is uh, from 2001. Uh, look, I, I'm pretty. This movie, this movie is really good. It's not as good as Funny Games to me, but it's still really good. 
I love how nihilistic Michael Haneke is. This is probably the most negative fucker I have ever seen in cinema, and I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, This movie is just a piece about a woman who's very sexually repressed, lives with her mother still. She's older. She is teaching school kids on the side uh, how to play piano. She's very good, but was never very good enough to make a career, never had the drive, whatever. Never had the drive to make a career out of it. So she's doing this now, and it just kind of follows that and a lot of fucked up shit. Um, it's messed, man. I mean, it's it's a French movie. It's French actors. I guess Michael Haneke's not French, but I don't know. It's, <laughs> it was made in France. So it's for all intents and purposes a French movie, and it's fucked like a French movie should be. Um, yeah, there's just crazy shit in this film. So I loved it. I thought it was really well made, really well done. It's something I definitely like to watch again. Uh, the ending left me with a lot to think about, uh, so much so that I asked uh, Sam, shout out to Sam on the discord. Um, I asked him like, Hey, like what was your read on the ending? And it was so much. He had to DM me just this like massive <laughs> three paragraph thing. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause I didn't want to fill up the chat with it because there's it's, it's, it's a complicated movie and the ending is just kind of fucking out there, but I really liked it. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth watching. I feel, um, but it's not for everyone. Like you kind of have to, like, I, I feel like henneke has got a very specific type of filmmaking. And as we saw with you, that's certainly not going to be for everyone. <sighs> No out of ten. That's, that's it. It's on HBO. Eight out of, no, eight, eight out of ten for me. All right, let's get. All right, no, I'm not going to say let's get that this out of the way. I mean more like let's just wrap up this episode. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, first off, let's start off with. Um, so I looked up and um, I was kind of hoping that Cinema Paradiso was going to be on Amazon Prime because you know Google told me only to see that it wasn't available. It's like, well, shit. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. The reason I was hoping that Cinema Paradiso was going to be on Amazon Prime is that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was actually in 4K on Prime streaming. I was like, oh, cool. That's perfect. Uh, Which, of course, you know, 4K streaming is literally just Blu-ray disc. And I was like, all right, that's okay. I can accept that. Let's just see if I like this movie enough to want to get the 4K. I really like this movie. It's not shelf, though. But, man, this is a fucking fun movie. Oh, my God. Not only is this fun, it actually was something that by the time I got to the end, I was like, oh, I'm not here just for the fighting. I actually realized that I think I care about the characters. Uh, Finding out what the actual... I Finding out that the movie was actually a generational story, I was like, oh... That actually isn't what I was expecting. It is also a story about regret. And look, I was going into Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon for Wirefu. And the fact that I got more than that, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fucking cool. Speaking of the Wirefu, though, there are actual moments I was sitting in this theater room audibly saying, holy shit. And then there were moments where I just started laughing at how fucking cool something was. Like, there is an opening fight scene between two women, and both of them are just defying the laws of gravity, and it's just so fucking cool to see them wall running and jumping and climbing walls, and you're like, this is whatever like i'm not gonna be like oh this is not realistic who cares it's all about the heightened reality of it and in this heightened reality all this shit is so fucking cool 
Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is such an easy recommendation. It doesn't matter to me who you are. If you don't feel like you don't want to pay attention to the story, then don't. Just watch the fight scenes whenever they come on. Just, like, just sit around. Honestly, you're wrong if you just sit around and don't care about the story because the story is good. It is very well acted. There are a lot of small little subtle moments that I so much appreciate in this movie where it lets you know exactly why this action was done. Uh, I will give this one example, right? There's a moment where one character suspects that another character is a isn't who they're who they say they are so they test them just very lightly just like well if your instincts kick in then in all likelihood you are that person and the instinct kicks in there is no words all it is is just shots of them darting eyes at each other and both going oh and then you're sitting in your seat going Oh my god, oh that's what that like this is a very finely made movie. I am so happy that even after how long it took me to watch this, because like even in the year 2000 when I was five years old, I still wanted to watch this movie. So I'm very happy that even 22 years later on, it is something that I am very happy I watched. So Dorian, do you have any Spirit of the Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Uh, have I sold you on it even, or do I need to sell you more? No, it's been on my watch list for a while. I really do want to watch it. It's just not streaming anywhere in Canada. Um, not for free anyway, so I always put priority to things that I can obviously watch for free. Uh, but definitely something I want to get to eventually. Um, I ended up watching House of Flying Daggers, which Poot really recommended. Um, I think he likes Crouching Tiger more, so I'm excited to get to that eventually. Uh, definitely on my list, but... I don't need to be sold on it anymore. It sounds fantastic. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Dude, I want, like, I am so ready for more of this now. I want more Wirefoo movies. Um, oh, I guess I have one complaint. Just one. There is an extended sequence that is a flashback that I don't think they transitioned well from, like, normal timeline to flashback time. So I was confused thinking, oh, so time has just moved forward. And this is maybe my problem. I might just have a bit of a race problem where occasionally I will look at some of these characters and go, wait a minute, is that the same guy or no? And then only whenever I see more of their character, I'm like, oh, that is the same guy. So maybe it's also a problem with me where I didn't realize that it was a flashback until later on. But either way, I still think that even if that isn't a complaint about how it didn't transition well, it is a flashback that goes on for way too long where I feel like you could have broken that up in smaller chunks and it wouldn't have taken away the impact, maybe. There's there's definitely a structural issue with how compact and how long a flashback sequence is in this movie, but... It's one of those things that by the time it ended, I was thinking, okay, I kind of hope you pay it off. Like, and they do. Like, it, it actually was important. I would have still said trim it down a little bit, but no, that it still meant to be there. So, yeah, um, Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon is gonna be. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna give my score. Did you want to say anything else, or was that it? No, nope, you're good. No, okay, all right. Um. House of Flying Daggers is still only rentable. Son of a bitch. Just put it on a streaming service, please. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is going to be a... Ooh, what's the name of the sword? I want to use that as 
There we Oh, son of a bitch. That's not... Why is there a Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon 2? Why... <laughs> Just ignore it. Doesn't exist. Okay, there we go. I found it. Wait. Oh, you suck. Okay, that's the thing. Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, right? There's a very important sword in the movie called the Green Destiny. Here's the thing. I am a sucker for a legendary sword. So as soon as they're like, legendary sword? Fucking in. That's all you need to tell me. It's called the Green Destiny. I was thinking for a second, like, oh, it's called Green. It's called Sword of Destiny. But no, Google was tricking me into thinking that the sequel, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, is the name of the sword. So fuck you, Netflix, for doing this. Wait, it's a Netflix movie? What? I, I'm not looking at this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon a Green Destiny out of 10. I, I'm going to give it a, I need to watch it soon. 10. For sure. Two, 11. Perfect. Uh, End oh, card. We're not. Oh, wait, I, wait, I, nope. I still. I'm, I have one left. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> so it'll be a little bit longer, unfortunately. So Sorry, close. False end card. Uh, but we'll try not to talk too long here. Uh, true romance. What is at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> true romance. Look. Oh, look, true I, romance. I, I, okay, never mind. No, no, take your time. I can't, I, I can't do true romance dirty, man. I love this oh, movie. So we can hit three hours. Yeah, <laughs> open on that one. Uh, to, my, my, my main man, Tony Scott, here directed this in 1993. Of course, famously written by Quentin Tarantino, who sold this script so he could make Reservoir Dogs. Um, look, I got the steelbook for this, the 4K steelbook. Great, great 4K, beautiful steelbook. Like it a lot. This is just a fantastic movie. Uh, the cast is absolutely loaded christian slater patricia arquette gary oldman dennis hopper christopher walken brad pitt samuel jackson james gandolfini i mean jesus christ val kilmer chris penn it's ridiculous it's a wealth of riches here yeah. um you've got just a wonderful story about uh, basically just this kind of movie geek and nerd who like meets this like hooker and they fall in love and yeah. they get w really wound up in this bad drug deal and shit goes crazy. G Gary Oldman's in this movie for maybe 10 minutes, but he leaves such a big impact on it. It's absolutely fantastic in this film. And uh, yeah, this is just classic 90s, man. You could definitely feel Tarantino's influence all over this. Um, just, uh, just a really, really great movie and uh, definitely one of my favorites uh, from the 90s in general. I think this movie's just fantastic. Just Shout out to Tony Scott in general. Just God bless this man. This man, every single movie is his that I watched, I found something where I'm like, yeah, this is really good. Uh, thank you again for Man on Fire. It's probably not that good of a movie, but I just vibe with it hard. True Romance. I don't remember how long ago it's been since I've watched it. Probably four or five years, but damn, that's just such a fun movie and now having even more context for tony scott it's just like man you were doing some great shit i'm thank you thank you i'm so happy that this man was just very content to do whatever he wanted so yeah that's it true romance good movie very fun uh shout out to stoner brad pitt yeah, he, he, there's another guy who's in this movie for maybe like 10, 15 minutes, but has like a nice impact on it and a pretty funny role. So uh, he's great, too. But uh, yeah, that's it. I don't have much more to say. We can wrap this up now. So True Romance, 8 out of 10, rock damn solid movie. Check out the 4K transfer if uh, you're into that sort of thing. It's real good. Okay. Um, the film score by Hans Zimmer. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That one shocked me. But yeah, it is a Hans Zimmer score. <laughs> like, holy that shit. That doesn't make any sense. 
It's good, dude. It's a good score. What the fuck? True Romance was a flop. That's disappointing. Yeah. That's technically a it's cult a classic, cool. then. Yep, cult classic, baby. All right. Uh, Tony Scott. Um, the first movie he he was he directed a whole bunch of movies, but the first time that he was actually a producer on his own movie was Man on Fire. So that's, huh? Okay. Well, all right. Um. Okay. So, yeah, that's it, right? We're good. Uh, you didn't give it a score. Oh, sure. You're right. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give Tony uh, Tony Scott. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give True <laughs> Ro- True Romance a score of uh immediately as soon as Tarantino started writing this script, he handed every actor an N word pass and said, "You'll need it." Out of ten. And card. And card. Hey, look at you! You got to the end of the episode. From episode zero to the day that I finally get lazy and cancel the show. A big thank you to Joey Rawlings for providing the perfect name for the show. Be sure to always give him thanks, either out loud as you're listening to this, or you can just send him a thank you tweet at boogeyman117 underscore. That's boogeyman117, I-E instead of Y, double O. Be sure that it's an underscore, not a dash, 117.